You're listening to the Sprues and Brews podcast, your weekly podcast looking at all things Warhammer. Hello and welcome to episode 185 of the Sprues and Brews podcast. My name is Dave and I'm joined once again by Matt. Hello. Jay. Hello. And Andy. Hello, hello, hello. So, um, how was last week, Matt? Because I, I was, I'd gone rogue. I wasn't here. Yeah, we 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 kind of sacked you and replaced you with the Discord Craig. But you know, apart from that, it was great. Um, uh, hopefully, regular listeners enjoyed the podcast. Yeah, I, th- I think the the feedback was was pretty good. I'm gonna I want to let you into a bit of a secret that isn't a secret because you already know, but our listeners don't know. I've not had chance to listen to last week's podcast, Outrageous. and I will listen to it. Because I know that you've all probably mocked me at some point uh, during it. So whoa, uh, whoa, whoa! I don't mock you, Dave. I'm usually sticking up for you. We'll and see. then I mock you. <laughs> we'll see. So reaction to that week's podcast, I'll uh, I'll have for next week. I'll have my revenge. I already plotted my revenge. I don't even know what you've done to me yet. <laughs> Treacherous days. Typical form. Yeah, there you go. So. Uh, Anyway, I'm back, <laughs> and uh, this week we, we've got an awful lot to chat about, to be fair. Um, we're going to be talking about Warhammer Fest. So uh, for uh, four days last week, we had nothing but reveals from Games Workshop. Uh, so, yeah, lots of lots of cool stuff to chat about. Uh, we're going to be opening the floor to our top three choices, what we thought were our favourite picks, and we'll be reading out uh, a number of the community choices as well to see what reveals you guys really uh, enjoyed uh, we've also got a little bit of extra news as well uh, and yeah we'll have our hobby update to see what we've been up to in the hobby for the past seven days which is actually what we're going to do first so matt what have you been up to in the hobby this week well the, the demon forges have been have been burning is that the right term and we have been imbuing demonic energy into once valiant imperial knights, corrupting them into hideous forms. Um, I'm painting a, a Chaos Knight army set, aren't I? Um, so I have painted a Abominant and a Carnivore and a Brigand in the colours of once noble House Chimere, now maddened and twisted into frenzied aggressive rage. Might be the will of corn that is imbued itself throughout this podcast. That's maybe who'll see later. Um, but yeah, they they were really fun to paint up. So again, as ever, massive thanks to Games Workshop for sent us a review. One, just how jam packed the show is today. Unfortunately, we can't. We haven't got enough time on the show to cover the uh, the codex. But it is really really fun. We have got a review up, and we've got a video up. And if it's a quiet week next week, we might get onto the show. But um, looking at what we're going to be talking about today i don't think we're going to have a quiet week (laughs) when was the last time we had a quiet week (laughs) yeah so um so yes i've been painting them they're really really fun to paint up um me and andy everything we've talked about on the podcast for the last few weeks are doing chaos nights for the doubles event and in that box you get about 700 points of uh, chaos Knights. so really good way to start an army so i just need to paint one more and then yeah they're ready uh, really fun to paint. I, I know you're uh, keen to get your hands on one of these, aren't you, Andy? Yeah, I I, I did pre-order one, uh, thankfully, um, at the weekend. But like you said, it, it's about 700 points, and I've got a Knight Desecrator 
painted up now so that takes me over a thousand points so yeah it, it, it's a super good bundle awesome i've also been doing something but we'll talk about that later on the show because it works better later on hashtag spoilers so yeah that's <laughs> me i've been painting chaos knights excellent jay what have you been up to uh, have a guess dave what do you think i've been up to painting some heresy Oh, yeah, I have been painting heresy. So I've got my Templar Brethren squad finished now, which are like the sort of proto-black Templars for the Imperial Fists. Uh, They're in like a reverse sort of colour scheme uh, with the predominantly black armour. And then I've done like um, yellow helmets and yellow um, pauldrons to sort of tie them into the rest of the army. Um, Happy with how they've turned out. Um, And then I've been on a sort of building spree. Um, So I've got a bunch of Forge World vehicles, um, a couple of Javelin land speeders, a couple of the the light siege tanks. Where's the thing? Let me read it out because I was going on. The Legion Arquator Bombard with Specular Rocket System. I've got two of those. Uh, They're now built. Uh, I'm ready for um, spraying. Um, And I'm working at the moment on a unit of five Cataphracti Terminators. Uh, nice. These guys are armed with um, power fists and chain fists and the um, special Imperial Fist Vigilus Storm Shield. Um, these will almost complete the infantry for my army. I've got one more squad of tactical-ish marines to build. Um, I'm just not sure what loadout to give them, whether to give them breacher shields and turn them into breachers, whether to keep them as um, regular tactical marines or whether to... Um, maybe uh, make them into a special weapon squad um, or a heavy weapon squad with heavy bolters or something like that. Um, we'll have to see what transpires in the next month or so in terms of the Horus Heresy uh, with regards to how I end up building them. Um, and that's been it for me. I have also been working on something else, which we'll probably talk about in a couple of weeks time. Keep that excellent. one secret for now. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent stuff. Um, Andy. Uh, what about yourself? Um, so uh, the last sort of week, I have been painting up a model that I think you'll approve of, Dave, and that is Kragnos. Yeah. So I've managed to finish off his base um, to then discover that I'd run out of texture paint. Oh, no. So I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't finish his base. Um, but I finally decided on a colour scheme of how I want to paint Kragnos. So I've gone for uh, similar to the box art. Um, I've gone for sort of like a Mournfang brown skin, which I've then washed with Reichland Flesh Shade and then highlighted with, I think it's Scrag Brown, which is quite a nice leathery looking brown. Um, and then I've started painting the hair orange, which is a colour that I don't normally go for. Um, but I've I've tried to keep it simple, and I've just done for um, Jacaro Orange as a base, wash with Fugan Orange, and then dry brushed with Kindle Flame, I think it is, and it turned out really nice. Um, it's just been a case of trying to... Uh, I want to take my time with it. I don't particularly want to rush Kragnos. Um, I mean, he's he takes off about three or four. Uh, three, three hobby resolutions for me when I get him done. So, you know, I am eager to get him done. I'm just trying to to take my time with it and, and, and enjoy it. Um, and, yeah, unfortunately, apart from some stuff that is redacted, um, 
I, I can't. I, that's uh, really all I've been up to this week. A little bit of a quieter week to the previous one, but uh, yeah, I still feel like doing Kragnos is still yeah a, a, a decent amount. So um, I'm hoping to get him done. Uh, maybe for the Throne of Schools, not Throne of Schools this weekend that me and Matt are going to, but uh, with sort of other things that are. Um, taking priority at the moment i think he's probably going to get pushed back a week so yeah yeah i've been painting kragnos basically <laughs> i'd revert back to your, your old giants list for the weekend well i don't know because I've, I've played a, quite a few games with the giants now so i'm thinking i might might get my maggot kin out i've got the bone reapers Ooh. that i can take um, the thing I mean, with it being a throne of schools, not throne of schools, um, you can take a fun list, can't you? You don't necessarily have to rock up with the most competitive list ever. It's all about having some fun games and a nicely painted army, isn't it? I bet Bone yeah, Reapers will be fun. Yeah, well, one of my hobby resolutions, funnily enough, is to play three games of Age Sigma with allied units, and Bone Reapers can't take any allied units. So, right. uh, yeah, I, 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 f- I think it's probably going to be my Ogre Moor tribes. And then I bust out a uh, a gatebreaker as well, so yeah, yeah, Andy. We'll, we'll have to see. I want to hear those chants of ogres, ogres, ogres echo across <laughs> the hall of Warhammer World. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, something will definitely be echoing across the Warhammer World. The tears of your enemies. That doesn't echo though, <laughs> does it really? No, that, that doesn't quite work. Um, it's been uh, quite a quiet week for me uh, as well. Well, mainly because I have been on holiday. So uh, I've been in the lovely uh, county of Norfolk for a week. Um, So that's kind of reduced how much hobbying I could do. However, I did take with me a book that I reviewed for the website that went live on Saturday. And that is Rift War, the next chapter of Warzone Nakmund, which is a... It's come under a little bit of a stick, but I actually really enjoyed it. Um, it's got quite a bit of Thousand Suns content in there. A different way to run your Thousand Suns uh, on Zangors, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, but even more interesting is the updated Crusade content. Now, I quite pulled there. I was really disappointed with the Crusade content for the Thousand Suns. Um, I feel that the content that, that is in this book should have been in that codex. Um, but I'm just happy it's there. You know, you can summon demons to your order of battle. You can um, do all sorts of stuff. You can you can um, use magic and, and psychic powers to gain battle traits and stuff, which are uh, all very cool. So, uh, and also the lore as well is is, is fantastic. So it's it's a good book. Um, again, like Matt said, we've got a really busy show this week, so it's not something we're going to cover on the podcast. Both the Chaos Knight review and the Rift War review pop in the podcast notes if you have to check that out at your own uh, sort of pleasure um, but we won't be talking about Rift War on, on the podcast unfortunately uh, for, for, fans of, um, for fans of Imperial Knights as well that review will be coming in the week uh, um, it's a big one <laughs> yes yeah absolutely so um, that'll be going live later on in the week um, video and written um, I tell you what though spoilers there is a lot to that book there is a lot mm. of stuff going on. Um, it's taken me a, a little bit of time just to get my head around it, all the different options you've got. You know, for an army that's got a very small number of units, man, there's a lot you can do, a lot of upgrades. Anyway, I'll uh, I'll get it all completely understood and written up, written up in a review so you can all check it out. 
um, later on in the week. I think we uh, will take a slight pause uh, at that moment because we've got the news coming up and then a lot of content in regards to Warhammer Fest. So grab a fresh brew and we'll be right back. So we have got a chunky, chunky week for pre-orders. There is an awful lot of stuff coming out and... There's an awful lot of stuff that I want to buy in this lot. So first of all, we've got two Battle Tome releases. Battle Tome Night Hunt, that I play, and Battle Tome Daughters of Cain, that I play. Um, they're both at £32.50, obviously with their third edition updated rules. Hopefully talking about them soon. Um, unfortunately, Daughters of Cain War Scroll cards have been done for some mysterious reason. So they will follow at a later date. However, the Night Haunt are gone. I was thinking, you know, when I read that, in the, when the last Daughters of Cain book came out, am I right in thinking they didn't have War Scroll cards and we were, like, they, contemplating why that was? They did not get War Scroll cards, no. And at the time I thought, hmm, these are close to the third edition of it. They were, but I think the uh, Soulblight Gravelords came after them and did get War Scroll cards, so, yeah, mysterious one. I guess, in the shadows of Orgu... War scroll cards go missing, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, um, so yeah, they're probably with Slanesh or something. Part of this, but they're coming later. Uh, Night Haunt do get dice and cards. The dice are twenty four pounds. They are quite love nice the there. dice. And the War scroll cards are nineteen pounds. They are really cool. I think I'm have to get them. Speaking of the uh, the the the, the um, Night Haunt, Alrak the Drowner is up for pre order at thirty pounds. This is a gorgeous looking model. I really want to paint him. Because he looks amazing. Um, yeah. This is the uh, the uh, boatsman. This is the boatsman. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what he actually does in game. But regardless, it's one of those models where I paint him up even if he's rubbish because the model is amazing. Um, also alongside him, the Craven Throne Guard pre-order. These are those that were in the uh, the battle box. They're now available as a set. And again, you can. Build them with a command squad or without as well, like they do on a lot of these kits. Um, Andy will be pleased to know that the Ethereal Court is up for pre-order. This is all the special characters out of the um, Soul Wars box. So the Mounted Knight of Shrouds, the Spirit and the Guardian of Souls. Um, really essentials for your Nighthaunt army, I'd say. Uh, don't know how much these are, but um, going by past split boxes out of starter sets... Maybe not the cheapest, but we shall see. Um, we've also got a pair of Vanguard boxes. Now, first of all, Dave, you had a moment of madness where you were almost going to start a Ideneth Deepkin army. That's right. And, um, yeah, so we've got a, a, a Vanguard box, which is the same kind of thing as a uh, Combat Patrol box. Pretty good one. Comes with 15 models. We've got a unit of um, Namati Thralls, who are amazing in the new book. We've got an Ishran Soul Scryer, three eels, and a big old shark. Uh, if you bought all those things separately, it'd cost you £113. This is £80, so not a bad box. We also have a Vanguard box for the Fire Slayers. This one, I don't know. Me and Andy were talking about this off-air just before, and personally... I think I prefer the current start collecting box. You get a lot of angry bearded dwarves in this. So you get 20 Volkite Berserkers, five Hearthguard Berserkers, 
and a um, battlesmith. So value wise, you get 123 pounds uh, for 80 pounds, but you don't get a big magma droth. That is now available uh, separately by itself. So um, at the time, the magma, uh, they discontinued the magma droth box after a while because if you bought stock collecting fire slayers, you got a magma droth and a load of other kits. So uh, now he's back in his own box presumably for the same price as the start collecting box. It'd be interesting if he's cheaper, but I don't think that will be the case. Uh, it is a really nice kit, though. I've got, like, two or th three of them. And because they were in that start collecting box, it was, it was great. But now we've also got a absolute stack of releases for the Middle-Earth strategy battle game. Guess what, guys? Defense of the Nord pre-order next week. It feels like we've been talking about <laughs> nah. this for about nine months. No way. So. <laughs> um, this is the supplement that talks through what is happening in the north while the assault on Gondor's happening, which is something we, we we don't see at all in the um in the films and it's like a footnote in the in the book. So the Easterlings attack um Erebor. So that that has stuff that uh, appeals to all members of the Spruz of Spruz and Bruce team, I believe. Um Yeah well, well um while we were at Oh, sorry, I was going to say, while we're at Warhammer World uh, this weekend, I um, I did pick up some Iron Hills Dwarfs in anticipation for that book. Yeah, I'm I'm tempted to do a, a Dale Army. They look really cool. Um, and Andy, I know you've been saying how to do an Easterling. So between us, hopefully, when this book drops, we'll have all the parts that we need to play a battle with it. So that'd be really fun. And alongside this, they're doing a Middle-Earth range rotation. So a lot of cool stuff that not so long ago had a made-to-order is actually back in the permanent line again. <clears throat> so there is, it is a fairly terrible-looking dragon now, but if you want a non-Smaug dragon in your army, you can purchase one. And in a thousand-point games, I think you can fit Smaug in a couple of games, something like that. Um, and also all the, the goblin heroes, the, the goblins riding the wag, um, some of the Easterling mounted commanders and stuff. So yeah, if you want to do a goblin force, really good chance to be able to get some of their Moria stuff because that was from the original release of the film. So some of these models are really, really old now. And good also gets some goodies, uh, very dwarven flavoured. So the Kazakh guard are back and the captains of Erebor. Obviously some time with um, the Defence of the North book and then also Lake Town captains are on again fits with Dale. So I like they've kind of gone thematic with these uh, these range rotations. Now, what's really cool, um, if you want to do a entire battlefield of the Fortress of Dol Guldur, you can now. It's a box. It is £190. However, it contains 360 worth of Ruins of Dol Guldur kits. That is eight box. Oh, sorry, six boxes worth. Um, so more more than you could ever need to build a massive fortress, and that'd be really, really cool. Um, you probably need a bit of space to store it, but it'd look ace on the battlefield, wouldn't it? Um, for the Easterlings, we have got dice. They are surprisingly cheap at £12.50, considering all the other dice went up quite a lot. Um, are you tempted mm. to get some Easterling dice, Andy? Yeah, I mean, with Middle-earth, you don't typically need tons and tons of dice. But yeah, I, I think I'm going to go full into the Eastlings. I, I bought the Rutabi and Broger um, when we were at uh, the Horosavisi event, as well as the Eastling Commanders. So I think it'd be rude not to pick up the, um, is it the Dragon Knight and the Priest on horse, and then, yeah, I might as well pick up the dice at the same time. 
that's it. Well, <laughs> if, if, if you're looking to buy some more Easter eggs, there's a load of stuff coming out on Saturday. It seems a lot of these Forge World is now releasing on a Saturday alongside the main release rather than a Friday, which personally, I think that's really green chipping and stuff. I think that's a good change. Um, yeah. So the kind of centerpiece of this range is the Dragon Emperor of Ruin. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's the big fellow himself being carried by his uh, little entourage. This looks like an amazing kit, and I'd love to paint one up. Alongside this, you can get the Black Dragon Warriors on foot as well. Looks like they've got a selection of different weapons you can give them. For the forces of good, though, we've got Dale Commanders, finally adding banners, horns, and captains for the Dale Army. I think at the minute it was just the plastic kit you can get. And then the Dale Wind Lance as well. Much like Bard used to shoot Smaug, you can now shoot targets on the battlefield. So they look really, really nice, and uh, I think I may have to pick those up as part of a, a Dale Force inside Jay's Dwarves and fight some Easterlings. It sounds some fun. For Blood Bowl, we have got possibly the greatest Blood Bowl model ever made. Yes, even better than that uh, dabbing Yeti that I can't remember the name of off the top of my head. We have got Rumble Low Sheepskin. This is a halfling riding a ram, and that's the greatest thing in the world. I'm sure that's fairly illegal as per the rules of uh, Blood Bowl, but, uh, you know, it's all good. He's got a fork. <laughs> and finally, we have got the most beautiful titan that has ever been imagined. The Dire Wolf Heavy Scout Titan for Adeptus Titanicus. Now, a lot of people have mocked this poor little titan for its locks. They say it looks like a stumpy, overweight chicken with a giant gun strapped to their back. And admittedly, yes. Yes, it does. It's beautiful, and it has a place in my heart. Um, we, we've been talking about doing some uh, Adeptus Titanicus uh, soon, haven't we, up at Warhammer World? But you're, yeah, okay. you're not a fan of this thing, are you, Jay? I'm not a fan. The, the thing I don't like about this model, and uh, completely subjective, it's the legs. The legs put me off. Because it looks like it shuffles forward like a really like crummy Christmas toy. <laughs> yeah, Do you know the ones that, that you wind up? Um, but that's it. I, I like the concept of it, and I like the top half of it. So maybe a conversion's in the works with um, some regular Warhound legs. I just I can't yeah. in my head. I can't picture how it turns. <laughs> well, well, they they confirmed on the Facebook page today that it's a full resin kit. So I wonder if you could like give it the legs of a warhound and then it looks more warhoundy but it still has that reinforced body to support the massive gun on its back i guess the logic yeah. being that it, it just kind of stomps forward because it's got a brace for the, the yeah shuffles into position fire. and fires yeah. as long as the opponent doesn't sidestep you're all right <laughs> yeah it's like you can't, you can't go sideways but you can go forward and you can go backward so that's cool so yeah a, a whole load of pre-orders this week um i think it's the biggest it's pre-order we will. And from what we've got coming up in the next segment, I think there might be a lot more of these to come. Excellent stuff. A nice uh, variety of news pieces there. Uh, but that that is by far not the, the tip of the iceberg of news this week because we have had Warhammer Fest. There's something for everybody, I think, in this uh, next segment. So let's not mess around. Let's take one final pause and come back with Warhammer Fest 2022. We are back. So Warhammer Fest has been and gone. Uh, we had several streams last week where we were treated to a whole bunch of reveals. Matt, can you take us through the joy that is Warhammer Fest? 
Yeah, so so Warhammer Fest is an epic celebration of all things Warhammer. For the last, you know, couple of years, obviously with um, you know, lockdown, they haven't been able to do a live in-person event. And don't get me wrong, I really enjoyed the the live Warhammer Fest shows they did in in Coventry, and they went back to the NEC last time. Uh, but but then they've just been streaming them, and, and this year I think they've gone for something a bit different having days of streamed events and then a final day with a hybrid streamed slash live thing going on and we'll talk about that in a bit more detail later on but uh, I think it's safe to say this has been a really 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 good show and basically essentially each day they took a different system and, uh, and and showed a load of reveals for it and I think at the start based on previous preview shows I think we underestimated just how much oh, they yeah. were going to go through <laughs> So, yeah, uh, without further ado, should we crack on with day one, which was Warhammer 40,000? Now, again, we had a few ideas what they'd be showing off, and the first thing we, we kind of saw was, was Get Marines. We knew there was a new Chaos Space Marine book coming, and we didn't really know what we were going to get. We saw some brand new Possessed, and I've got to say, these guys look absolutely amazing. Um, Walkham said that they're approximately the size of a Space Marine in Gravis armor. Um, and if you any of the old possessed, because they're a bit on the tinky side now. Yeah, I, I did have a few. I think I had 10 of the old Chaos Space Marine possessed um, that I bought way back in the day. And they, 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 were, they were perfectly fine, you know, like eight years ago when they first came out or whenever it was. But yeah, the new possessed, man, they've taken that old concept of a Chaos Marine being possessed, funnily enough, by a demon and then dialed it up to 11. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people use the uh, the Galvor back, the the Heresy possessed unit, essentially. And these have got parallels of them. They're a similar scale for a start. They're on the same size bases. And some of the kind of mutations are, are in line with that. I was expecting big things from these. But seeing them in, you know, what we saw on the stream, there's some absolutely horrific stuff in there. And I'm for it. Um, Dave, you, you, you were, you were travelling to so saw kind of like bits of this on your uh, holiday. Coming back and sitting down and looking at the images now on Warcom. What are your thoughts on these? Because you've always been tempted by the forces of chaos. Yeah, I have. And um, to be honest, I was actually very tempted when the new Death Guard book came out. Um, Possessed are actually quite a tasty unit for the Death Guard now. Oh, so yeah. I did um, I did have a look at the Possessed, but I just, the old kids did do it for me. Um, you could tell they were old. There was a couple that you could do that were were quite these new ones i could definitely see me picking these up for the for the death guard um and adding those to my force for absolute sure i mean some of the weapon absolute bonkers um out of everything we saw for the care space marines these these were a, a, sort of a second choice of 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 of, of, of the of how awesome they are well, we we say uh, literally the night before this came on, we were recording the podcast, and I think I made a throwaway comment about wouldn't it be cool if you could do a Chaos Space Marine army without many Chaos Space Marines in it? And apparently, my prayers to the dark gods got answered <laughs> because we saw a lot of non-power armored stuff. We saw brand new cultists. We saw 
empowerment, uh, sorry, um, acute uh, mutants, surprisingly enough, who are mutated. In we then saw torments who were re-mutated horrible things, and we saw a dark commune, which is like a box of three characters and two bodyguards. Between stuff, I, I, I'm blown away. The cultists, for me, probably the most kind of vanilla thing very much like the ones at Blackstone Fortress and nothing unusual there and when we first saw them I thought oh, okay we're getting a little bit disappointed but at least you know I can still have cultists and then when we start to saw the mutants there's a guy who's got like a leg that's just turned to a horrible mass his arms turned into an octopus and he's got an eye for a belly button and that <laughs> is just peak level chaos <laughs> for me it reminds me of um John Carpenter's The Thing. Oh, absolutely. Yes. I, I definitely watched that when I was a kid, and I was definitely too young to watch that film. And when I saw these models come up on screen, I was just like, you know what? I, I'm, I've, I've not looked at a model in a very long time and thought, wow, that is like, that's messed up. <laughs> and when I saw these. This is properly <laughs> grim and dark. And then, so like, okay. They're pretty cool. That's like mutant infantry. And then they show the torments, which is, I think, what happens when a, when a mortal fully gives them up to demonic possession. And Hold my beer. Yeah. Pretty much. There's, there's mutant and then there's these fellas. What I really like about the design of them is that you can still see the original person somewhere in that horrific mass. And then they're like shoulders grown into a massive, horrible demon or they've got a head coming out of their chest and wings, or they are just a horrific, like, like spiderman of death. These are possibly some of the coolest Chaos models I've ever seen. I don't know you guys, I mean, I, I like this kind of stuff. I, I, I was really hoping to get all the kind of lost and the damned elements, and these guys are very lost and damned. Yeah, it, it feels like they're definitely giving Chaos... Uh even regular Chaos Space Marines, their own style, you know, they're not just Chaos Space Marines that have got spikes on them and, you know, have been in the Eye of Terror for a while. You know, they corrupt everything and everyone they go near, and we're finally getting to see that the, the human part of Chaos and, in some ways, the real threat of what Chaos can do by showing us all this demonic possession and you know, ju- just the, the level of corruption that even regular humans are willing to go for to try and get, you know, a str- an ounce of power. And that, for me, is super cool. I mean, like you said, you can now, it looks like you can do a Chaos Space Marine army potentially without any Chaos Space Marines in it, which, don't get me wrong, I probably still would have some Chaos Marines sprinkled in, but now that gives you almost that elite flavor of the chaos space means you know chaos space means aren't running around all over the place you know there's just not that many of them realistically yeah, so well, this is it. you can do an elite force or a horde army or somewhere between the two and that's a really cool concept for a really mixed and varied army book i am um, i'm not a chaos player and i these are this isn't an army that i would want to do but I think the models are amazing. This blew me away on day one to see this amount of stuff for the Chaos faction. 
I, I was expect, I mean, if we'd seen half of what we saw on day one, I think I would have been happy. Um, I think my favourite, being a non-chaos player, my favourite uh, models uh, are those like the the, the sort of um, um, Gobapalooza, but for chaos cultists, the where you've got the standard. Community. Yeah, I think these guys are ace. And like, I keep looking back at these models because I, every time I, I look at them, I see something completely new. Whether it's the mouth of Sauron. Um, Sauron himself with a big that two-handed sword that that guy's got it just screams like hero quest or you know second it's edition first. chaos it's just a bonkers like barbarian's weapon um the um the banner with the flaming sort of metal icon on the top and then that um the uh the psyche thing with the like the servitor hovering in front of him with all wires connected up to his veins and this sort of mutated yeah, head on so- it at first, it's similar to Blackstone Force, but no, it's actually the head of a psyker in a servo rig, and then it's draining the blood and fluids of a cultist behind him to keep it alive. Oh, that's a crazy, isn't it? It's a grisly idea, but it's so good, because obviously the, the head of this, he's obviously been decapitated at some point, but, you know, Corn cares not, and he's he's attached to a rig, and he carries psychic duties. He might go through a few yeah. slaves to power him, but fine, probably. And the leader as well, he's got like some kind of horrific demon as part of his staff as well. He's kind of trying to escape. Yeah, this is this is this is just awesome. I mean, uh, wow! If you, as a chaos player, you guys must be over the moon with what what's coming down the line for for chaos space marines. Oh yeah, really, really, it's really, really cool. And like I say, this was going out of the date, yeah, the gate on day one. So that wasn't that wasn't everything we, after this i needed a bit of a lie down and um yeah <coughs> <laughs> yeah so squats so we know squats are coming and we kind of expected squats to have trikes but you know they had cool trikes back in the day i know jay you weren't a fan of the squat trikes but um they were a thing it looks like the citadel design team have taken that concept of a trike and changed it into something like retro and sci-fi at the same time so these are the the hernkin pioneers is a dwarf in like a flight jacket on a flying bike and she's got a rotary shotgun because of course that's a thing yeah i mean you i think you're a relatively recent convert to the squats or the all the leagues of vote had to give them their true name jay what do you think of this compared to the old truck Oh, this model is so cool. It's so unlike anything else in Warhammer 40k. I think they've done a great job of making this a distinct Imperial-like faction. You can sort of see some similarities with Imperial Tech. Some of the weapons look a bit human-y. You know, the, 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 the lines on the bike are a lot more rounded, I'd say, than Imperial Tech, although it does have sort of echoes of the Castellan robots in there. I really like how they've managed to make it look like its own distinct you know, vehicle belonging to a new faction and yet still very familiar. I love that. I think it's brilliant. Really, really cool. And then if you look at the base, like the 360 in the video, it's like touching the base a tiny little bit at the back, I think, on one of those wheels. So it really does give the impression that it's sort of skimming along the surface of the battlefield. Really cleverly sculpted. Uh, I don't know how fragile that's going to be, but it, it really does look like it's fine. dwarf made. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. And, and, and a dwarf without a beard, Jay. This is, this is a talking well, point for today. We were looking at this at the time, weren't we? But it's a female dwarf, isn't it? A female squat. That's brilliant. That is amazing. Really, really cool. And these are like look like the scouts or the outriders. If you look at the back, um, she's got like a shovel and a uh, what looks like a lunchbox. 
yeah. and, and all the gubbins behind her. She, you know, she looks like an outrider. Um, almost like a sort of space cowboy with that revolver shotgun thing. And yeah, um, do, if you look on her sleeve like... as well. Sorry, carry on, Matt. Carry on. There you go, you go, you go, you go. I was going to say, a sleeve as well. She's got like a little um, calculator watch thing built into the sleeve of a coat. It's so cool. Very Doc Brown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, he, he looks super, super cool, and we—we, we, I mean, we've only seen really what two models from this range, and already it's just mm. amazing stuff. So yes, we thought. What do you think of the choice of colours as well? I really like the sort of teal blue, almost Sons of Horus, isn't it? Green, bluish yeah, colour. We we really, really nice. About this, and I think it is based on Sons of Horus green, and I don't know. I think it goes with the kind of retro fifties mm. kind of look to the bike as well, all the curves, and there's like you said. The Castor, also the the um the, the robot out of Blackstone Fortress as well, which is presumably mm-hmm. Dark Age of technology. Which, in our law episode a couple of weeks ago, that's the era these guys are from from a technology point of view. So, I'm a really retro sci-fi, lost in space, lots of curves kind of look to all the other tech these guys yeah. guys have. Yeah, it's so, very you're... very cool. It is, it is. It was a cool video as well, wasn't it? <laughs> it was a cool, yeah, again, playing on the retro kind of vibes to it, so, yeah. We all the announcement of the next chapter approved, and it looked things are changing in quite a big way in regards to this. So currently, um, you know, we're in the, uh, the, the, the um, um, Nactus, is that right? Nackmund. 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 I'm in the Nackmund gauntlet, which is the, the stable path through the Cicatrix Maledictum. And it looks like we are travelling to a different area. Warzone Nephilim. Now there's Necron on the front cover. I wonder, we're seeing the kind of the, the, the parts of this current Warzone act and we're actually moving to a different part of space and maybe seeing what the Silent King is up to. Where, where this is a Warzone Grand Tournament book, so obviously it's all about the missions, presumably be accompanied by narrative books as well, like we have with the, the Warzone Nackman books. So, Dave, you must be excited to see the Necrons kind of take the stage again. Yeah, I, I, am, I am very excited, but... What excites me even more is the, the potential for change in how your match play games will play out. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that I think's maybe been an issue in the current edition of the game is being able to chair multiple different stratagems in order to decimate an enemy. And that is due to the, the quantity of command points that we've got. And it is a little bit ironic that one of the things they wanted to do going into this edition was give people more command points. I do think it's more of a balancing act, isn't it? It's nice to have a resource you can use. But in AMR, we've found that that resource is exciting. You've got to manage it, haven't you? Whereas, I guess in the current game of 40k, there isn't really that finite resource that you've got. You can, if you want to, just blow them all on a, on a silly combo, especially if it's going to win you the game early on. So I th- think they're looking to do is bring down the that you start with by half, but you get more command points each turn. So I guess it's about managing that resource that you get over the game rather than starting with a load and just being able to blow them straight away. Personally, 
I think that's a good thing. I don't know what you guys think. I I think well, I think it's a good thing. <clears throat> yeah, I don't have a problem with them mixing things up. I think that's weird, but I think the beauty of this thing is is that you know you can choose to play a game using the current rules if you want. So it just gives you more options, you know, which I don't think yeah, is a bad thing. Um, yeah. So- yeah, I mean, like Jay say, it's just something a bit different to try out, isn't it? And the thing is, even if it doesn't, if it, it's not popular this season, it's only six months until the next season. And, you know, I mean, we've seen it with Age Sigma, where they've gradually, over time, just made the game ten times better than it was when it originally started. And it feels like every time we get a new General's Handbook or chapter approved, even the smallest changes is a it's a good thing. It's a new, refreshing take on a game. So, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how it turns out. Yeah, now there's a couple of big things that are, that are in here. So, um, the book now includes secondary objectives for every army in the game. This is brilliant. It means that secondaries that are really a codexes, they can rewrite and adapt and make them better. It also means that armies such as Chaos Demons, who don't have a codex yet, also get their secondary objectives. And from a playing a game point of view, the fact that all of the secondary objectives you can pick from one book, that to me makes the, the, the kind of pre-game admin a lot easier because you're not having to bring a load of books and flick through them or scrappy bits of paper with the secondaries you want to take. You can just pick them directly from the book. Yeah, I do like that. I do like that. Because half half the game of 40k now is knowing what your opponent can do and what they're up to and what they're trying to achieve, which, you know, it's a bit yeah. of a taxing on the old brain power, isn't it, sometimes? So being able to know in advance what secondaries are out there without having to go through the opponent's codex is pretty cool, yeah. I do like that. Well, that's it. At the table, while your opponent's picking their secondaries, you just flip open your own general's handbook and look at them yourself and say, okay, right. Yeah. Right, okay, what to that? So I think... I think that's good. The other, I think the biggest news here, though, however, is that chapter approved no longer contains the points. From that season onwards, all points will be free for Warhammer 40,000. They'll be available on the so, Warhammer 40,000 app and Warhammer community. That is a big change. And maybe the first step to something like Jay's been on about on the podcast quite a bit about a kind of like living rule system where you have the the game resources for free and then you buy your kind of narrative and tournament packs and supplementary stuff but the the kind of building box playing the game are free um just yeah what, what, what are your thoughts on this guys i'm all for it i i think that's i think that's great um for those casual players who just want the points you don't have to buy this book every six months or whatever now positive change yeah i mean they can uh, say there's lvo and there's some obvious mistakes they can if they want to. The following week, revise all the points. Doesn't matter because people aren't having to buy a book for it. Yeah, I mean, it definitely, it, it definitely. I don't want to say speeds things up, but it definitely makes things a lot more accessible. And I mean, with 40k, you've still got power level as well as points. So even if they, you know, going forwards, they decide to not put any points in the codex at all. And just had power level, I'd be fine with that, knowing that there is a, you know, point system online. I think the only thing that I'm 
not concerned about, but I, I is just if you take the points out of a codex, will people know where to find those points if they're just getting into the game? I think that's so, the codexes, but I think it'll be more so all the points will also be available online for where they change. Yeah, I, I think it's a good change. So we, we also saw, unfortunately, just before the event, the um, the, 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 the Slaves to Darkness Battletome leaked for ages. One of the models that we saw was the new Demon Prince, and Warhammer community very smartly decided to just blow the doors off it and show that this Demon Prince can also be built for Warhammer 40,000. And oh my days, it is beautiful. As we said on the show last week, the, t- the current plastic demon prince is an abomination. <laughs> oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, hold on. I didn't um, say that. <laughs> but this new fella, it's it's just ingenious. We so we were watching this kind of live together and around our heads how they've got two so different looking demon princes out of the one kit and there's some subtle things like i think the rock that you standed on is turned 90 degrees that just immediately alters the way that it stood it loses the wings and gets the power pack on the back it's got like four different heads those heads are incredible it looks like oh, they really are the, the armor plates look like they go on the base torso of the aos build like with abaddon where you build up the various layers <laughs> it's it's going to be a converter's dream there. It looks really, really impressive. You've always been a fan of Demon Princes, Dave. What do you think of this fella? Oh, right. First and foremost, I wasn't here last, <laughs> last week. The old kit is not as bad as you say it is. It, it, it's all right. It's all right, the old kit. It's a classic. This new kit. I just want, like, four of them. I want one of every Chaos faction I own. They are it's so good so so good um like i say all the sort of little changes that you can do to him the different kinds of heads backpack is just as cool as the wings i don't know i don't know how i'm going to be getting one for <laughs> a thousand suns probably first and honestly just looking at what we've seen so far and i'm sure there's other bits that are interchangeable that we haven't seen yet i don't know how to build mine Apart from, he'll definitely have the obviously have the the Zeech head. I don't know how to do the rest of him. But <laughs> when you say you don't know how to build it, do do you mean you don't know how to build your first one? And this is yeah. you, oh, mean, you, say, you say four of them, Dave. Arguably eight of them because you've got AOS specific builds as well for each card. I just imagine this is this is this is the guy that's on the pamphlet that those those uh, those cabal guys are handing out to the cultists saying this is what you can end up like if you yeah, devote exactly. yourself to the chaos guard, and they end up looking like those like what what were the what are the mutant guys called with the tentacles and the elongated necks and heads and stuff? That's cool. what they actually end up yeah. like. Yeah, <laughs> but one of you one of you might end up like this guy. Yeah, you, you versus the guy she tells you not to worry about. Is, is <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> So yeah, so uh, so already at this point, I mean, we we were already saying that this this can't get any better, and then they drop something at the the uh, the video. And Andy, I think you're the only person who can take us through this. Warhammer community announced that the World Eaters are getting their own codex. I mean, first off, we've always suspected, but no one expected it this time. 
when we when we heard this, I was just like, "Have I got enough Mephiston Red? Do I need to buy some more Blood for Blood?" Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, we we've seen the Death Garden Thousand Sons. They've got their own codex, so I I think it was only a matter of time before we see uh, World Eaters and possibly in the future Emperor's Children as well. And yeah, when when this got announced, I mean, they said that they're going to trickle out some of the kits before release and i think they said something about uh, a white dwarf update or something along those lines yeah that's right kind of... i think the, the corn berserkers and, and other kits they didn't go into ins and outs but corn berserkers and some other kits will come out this year i think we're reading between the line cursor to a full release with yeah white dwarf support and then that will be followed by a full army release what's really interesting about this in the past Games which we've already shown off things that come out within within the next three months. This I think is Games Workshop going, okay, let's try something different. What's the reaction if we show something that might be six months, nine months, we don't know when, a while off, but we get people excited about it now. We start talking about what we're currently working on. Personally, this is an amazing change. And there's more like this we'll go on to on other days, but the fact that we know that at some point there's going to be a a, a corn codex is just amazing. A corn codex, Angron. Yeah, well, this is yeah. it. In my head, I'm picturing the kind. Of, I would, I do wonder if this is like a tenth edition 40k jobby. Maybe not, because I think that's a bit. Of, you know, that's probably a year away. Maybe see it in January. We'll certainly see. Legion Terminators, an assortment of characters. Demon engines, maybe. Corn doors, demon engines, all cool stuff like that. This isn't going to be a case of here's the The corn corn equivalent of the Poxwalkers. Exactly, yeah, exactly. You know, we've seen them turn up the weird for the the Chaos Space Marines. As their own standalone codex, they can do a lot more. You know, the Lord of Scorn uh, yeah, arguably and... fits better in a pure corn army than a Chaos Space Marine one. Yeah, what's cool is look at what they did to the Death Guard. I think the mm-hmm. Death Guard, I mean, I'm not a Death Guard player, but I can appreciate how good the Death Guard range is. They did a, you know, they, they made that faction. That was almost like the sort of poster Chaos Space Marine faction for a long time because just the amount of range. And they always seem to be releasing new characters and new models for the Death Guard. If they, you know, if the world eaters get that same treatment i think then you're going to be a very happy berserker i think andy very happy berserker. <laughs> well i mean any chaos player i reckon yeah it's 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 so cool and you know what paul this, gulliman is all i can say paul gulliman paul, he's, he's gonna need some help and you know what guys this was just day one and already at that point <laughs> i think we we kind of turned to each other at the end of the stream like just this already is the best warhammer fest i've done yeah, it was already twice as much content on just 40k than what I was expecting. So, yeah. <laughs> so day two was Age of Sigmar, and again, <laughs> the momentum came. It was thick and fast on this day, and um, we were all really excited to see kind of what was coming with this because we had a few ideas, and we. We had a little bit of insider knowledge on something that was coming that surprisingly wasn't announced during the stream. Um, but it started off, and I think maybe a little bit of disappointment at first, and then ramped up rapidly. So the first was that there's a new 
Skaven Codex come in. Dave, you are a big Skaven fan, and I think it's safe to say that current Battle Tome is a little bit maybe behind the times compared to the current ones, and you were super yeah. eager to get an updated Battle Tome, weren't you? Yeah, super eager. So um, I'm glad to see that this has has now been announced. There were lots of rumours online that Skaven one of the one of the secret chaos armies that we see on the roadmap for for new battle tomes. Um, but like you say, Matt, um, we, the only disappointing factor behind this uh, is the fact that we're only getting one new kit for the Skaven. And well, I, I guess we only saw one model. We're not. There, there may be more kits to come, but I, yeah, yeah, I do worry. It is so they showed off a new uh, Deathmaster, and it is an amazing-looking Deathmaster. It follows a lot of the same stylistic elements of the the ones out of um, Nether Maze. Um, mm. But I think every single one of us were expecting to see a couple of new kits for Skaven on this preview, and it was just the one model. Yeah. And if it is yeah. just that, that is a bit of a shame for Skaven. It is for me. It's see for me. It's the um artwork of a battle tome I, I wasn't expecting them to use the same artwork i think especially if you'd gone for like a death master on the front that to me would have been like amazing so but yeah seeing the, the previous artwork was a yeah it was okay yeah and um, like matt said it, it's, it's a really nice miniature um i really hope that we'd see a instead of a hero i, I hope that they'd redone a unit you know such as the night runners or something like that um so yeah i i just at this point though i just want competitive skaven rules so fine you know there are plenty of cool skaven kits um let's let's have some let's have some competitive rules i'm sure that'll make us all feel much much better Uh, and by the sounds of it it's not too far off either so um looking forward to getting my hands on the book Looking forward to getting my hands on the, the miniatures. I've, I've been enjoying painting the Skaven Warband for Underworlds. Um, so, yeah, but still still excited. Just a shame we're not getting more kits. Yeah, now speaking of new kit, the next thing that we saw was, again, a bit of a surprise for all of us. And, and while we may be a little bit down off the first news, that immediately turned those frowns upside down. And that was at the Sylvaneth. We're also getting a new battle term. This, we expected. There'd be a few hints in the past, and I think we were expecting this. Didn't expect, however, was a massive new miniatures range for the Sylvaneth. Starting off with the Lady of Vines. Uh, Jay, as resident tree elf expert, do you tell us a bit about the Lady of Vines and what you think about it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, w- I, w- I was not expecting this. I went into this second day Warhammer Fest expecting potentially a new model for the Sylvaneth, a new hero or something like this. Uh, we'd seen the silhouette, if you remember, on the banner um, of what we now know as a Gossamid archer, and I thought that was the new hero we were going to get uh, potentially revealed. No, <laughs> like you say, a, a load of new stuff. So the Lady of Vines, so this is a new um, named hero for the Sylvaneth, literally the right hand of Alariel. She, she cut off her right hand and it turned into the Lady of Vines. Um, she looks like a terrifying model, really scary, I think, with like the yeah. branches and sort of almost like tentacles coming from behind her. Um, what I really like about this model, though, is one, there's a um, plague bearer on, on the floor, <laughs> a tactical plague bearer, I think that's really cool. 
Um, but I really like the armor. It's, got, it's wearing armor, and, and you know you can see sort of links to Alariel, similar with the headdress and, and the, um, the, uh, the 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 shoulder pauldrons and stuff. The talon, yeah, the spear, really really cool. Um, it'll be interesting to see the background for this Lady of Vines, and you know she has been mentioned in the background before, but now she's got a model, so she's she's great. She's really really cool. And then the the uh, Gossamid archers. Wow, yeah, these are brilliant. So, I mean, for so long now, people have been talking about. Um, so, the tree revenants are like the the sort of half elf, half dryad sort of um, units that the Sylvaneth have. Currently, there's only one unit of them with the um, and they're armed with like melee weapons. Um, the um, if you remember back to the Sylvaneth Underworld Warband, they got a few variations on the tree revenant, and one of them did have a bow. And we were like, how good, how 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 much fun would a tree revenant unit with bows be? Um, you know, sort of um, bringing that wood elf sort of um, feel back to the Sylvaneth. Um, but these guys with their, I think their dragon spites, are on, or, or or maybe just normal forest spites. Yeah, well, no, Zephyr, Zephyr spites. That was it. Zephyr spites. Is what the. Um... Oh no, that's wrong. Yeah, it can all be. Yeah, these are Zephyr spikes. I think Wilcom's called out what they are. Yeah, I think they are. Sorry, yeah, ignore me. Zephyr spikes here. Uh, yeah, so sorry. So so yeah, so they've got like Zephyr spikes behind them, carrying them into battle. Really dynamic looking models. Um, what do you guys think? I love them. I I mean, I I always thought it was a bit of a shame that the Wood Elf analog for Age of Sigma, the Silver Earth, didn't really have much to the Waywatchers kind of vibe of the old Wood Elves. And these are like Waywatchers with wings, so that's even better. Yeah, I. the one thing that I love about them, and I'm not a massive Sylvaneth fanboy, the one thing I love about the models is that they're all connected to the base by a piece of scenery. I, I look at these and I don't think they're going to snap off and not going to be that brittle, like... I mean, you look at like the Canary Heartrenders and Life Takers for Daughters, and I I look at those models and genuinely think, how long is it going to be before I break one of these models? But these guys, these guys look solid and connected to the base. So yeah, I think we look really nice. I also prefer stuff posed like this compared to flying stands as well. Oh yeah, definitely, Matt. Definitely, yeah. They've done a good uh, job here. I think these models do look good. We obviously have spoken to the rest of the new Sylvaneth yet but I would say these were my favourite of the reveals and that if I ever had a Sylvaneth army um, these would be one of my first picks I think these along with an Arch Revenant um, would be the, the beginnings of uh, the Sylvaneth army for well you see for me yeah. it's actually going to be the next kit that we talk about and they, they showed off a dual kit um, that makes Spite Rider Lancers and Revenant Seekers. So these are like, if a bug had a baby and then was ridden by, um, yeah, Sylvaneth units, uh, I guess the age equivalent to Warhawk Riders, but through an entirely different Age of Sigmar lens, which is what they tend to do with a lot of these armies. The um, Jay, you, you, you know more about elves. Do you want to tell us about the units 
Yeah, so so the, these look good. So, so the first unit then, the, the Spike Rider Lances, these are like your elite cavalry. So they're going to be quick. They're Sylvan F. They're, they're riding flying bugs. So you know they're going to be fast. And I think on the stream, um, they were saying that they're very similar to like the Eidnef Deepkin Eels, uh, that kind of unit. Mm. Um, what I think is really cool with these, and we'll talk about a, 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 another reveal shortly uh, in the Age of Sigmar um, later on as well, which, which which was very similar, was that it, they look like they've got like a command group so you've got like a champion a standard bearer a musician which is just like yeah. units of old which is so cool so i'm assuming you can also build the, the you know the non-command group of the of the spike rider lancers as well to go with them um really really nice um on um they've got shields one of them's got like way pipes. Now the tree revenants currently have a, a, a model that can take way pipes and it allows them to teleport around the, 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 the battlefield. It's going to be really interesting to see what kind of rules these guys have. Sylvan F have always been a very mobile army teleporting between their different wildwoods, a new battle tome on the way. Ah, I, I can't wait to see what new mechanics and sort of rules these guys have got. They look, and it's such a nice looking unit. It's all very unique looking. Um, are, I love those bugs. I love the bugs too. The, I, I I like them. They're really cool. But conceptually, I really like the idea of the Revenant Seekers. Now, on the article, they don't really kind of go into it too much. But on the stream, they were saying how these guys kind of fly around and, and harvest the soul pods, did they call them, of fallen. Uh, and then they use that energy to heal Sylvaneth units. So it looks like they're kind of like a dedicated healer unit that's probably going to be quite fragile and vulnerable, but like like a dragonfly fluttered around the battlefield, absorbing the energy of their fallen friends and using it to heal other units, which is a really interesting concept compared to the kind of heal and summoning mechanics you get in other armies. Yeah, and I think that's quite fitting. I've often said like Sylvan F that, you know, Alariel is the goddess of life and they haven't really got a big healing mechanic that runs through the army which you'd expect from that sort of kind of sort of aspect um and I, i've always thought like nurgle does healing a lot better and death does healing a lot better than than the sylvan f does i mean alario's got that nice healing pulse but that that's really it so yeah it'd be really cool to see if they've got a really fun sort of healing mechanic as well as like a, a layer of defense against against other armies that'd be really cool um yeah. they, they look like they're going to be quick anyway yeah well speaking of quick we, we didn't know when these battle tomes were dropping, but today on Warhammer Community, they've announced there's a new battle box on the way called Echoes of Doom. And amazingly, this looks to contain most of those new models. So it's got the, uh, what's it called? The Lady of um, Vines. Lady of Vines. We've got the Gossamer Archers in there. A tree man. <coughs> the Youth Hunters versus the new Death Master. 10 storm vermin 20 skaven slaves and a screaming bell i mean value wise that's got to be one of the best value boxes they've done yeah these are great aren't they these battle boxes yeah based on the current rrp of those units uh this this box is um is well worth it in terms of value um, the so only we thing know, we don't know how much the box is going to be first i guess no but, uh... I, i'm basing this purely on your standard kind of battle box. What do you think? Roughly price. 120, 125, maybe? Yeah, even if, yeah, if we say between 110, 120, something like that, then yeah, I think there's a lot of value to be had. Um, my only criticism, and obviously we don't we don't know the points, and but 
it seems to be more balanced towards the Sylvan F side. Um, but then maybe the Screaming Bells had a massive update or something. Maybe it's an absolute monster now. Yeah. Uh, kind of balances it all out. But I it guess, does I guess feel a little bit. mind with these boxes, they don't put the forces together from a point to point of view. It's more from a monetary value. Oh. And I imagine from, from a number of kits, both sides seem to have the same amount of stuff, don't they? That money wise. Yeah, true, I, I, yeah, I think that points change, rules change, but the value of that plastic, you know, that's that's gonna, remains well. It only ever increases, doesn't it? Really. So, I um, yeah, I, th- I think it's a good set, and I I, I actually think two of these are going to be quite cool. Two tree lords, ten archers. Okay, you've got an extra lady of vines which you can maybe put on eBay, and then on the Skaven side, I mean, that's that you know, it's a horde type army, isn't it? So, and again, and I think. From a one's point of view, the big screaming bell actually builds a different unit as well, the plague furnace. So, uh, and yeah. the, same with the, the, the tree men you can build in multiple ways. So, uh, it's yeah, you've got three different the, options there. It's a shame that the dragonfly bug things aren't in the box because they're my favorite. Ah, oh, I know, yeah. They, are, they might be yeah. the big release coming out alongside the book, I guess. So, yeah, so, so at that point, on a high, really, weren't we? Because, I mean, you're a big Sylvan fan anyway, Jay, and, you know, two battle terms, amazing, a load of new models, and then it's a good job I was sat down because it would have knocked me off my feet. We saw another early reveal for Age of Sigmar. Now, since the third edition dropped, we've been talking about the Dawnbringer Crusades. These are the mortal forces that pledge themselves to, uh, to Sigmar, they, uh, they take the coin, the coin malice, and dedicate their lives to the cause. And we've always speculated it's going to be a refresh of the Cities of Sigmar. Cities of Sigmar, getting rid of all the old models from like the t- early 2000s and giving it a brand new liquor paint. Well, on the stream, they confirmed this is the biggest single army project they've done for Age of Sigmar. And essentially, it's an entirely new mortal force for um Sigma. which when the when they say that and you think yeah i was gonna say they say this is the biggest sort of army project they've done when you look at like the recent stormcast release with all of the um what the, the vindictors and annihilators you look at lumineff they were big armies i think big model refreshes and ranges that were released if this beats them wow <laughs> in my head i'm thinking like both luminous waves combined yeah, that is that really that because Luminous have needed multiple waves to rapidly get an army together from nothing, haven't they? And arguably, you need the same here if you're phasing out a lot of that old stuff. Whether it must still exist so you can use those old stuff, we don't, don't know at the Whether this is rebranded as Zombring a Crusade, they only kind of said this is separate to the cities of Sigma, but whether that's just from a model point of view to separate it out, rules wise, we don't know yet. And again, we saw very little. We saw a few little kind of like details and armor plates and stuff. Again, this is probably quite some way in the future, but I thought it was really cool that they told us they were coming. I mean, we kind of assumed that they're coming, yeah. but it's nice to get confirmation and start seeing the kind of hype drip of stuff coming through over the months. It was really cool, actually, think, the little things they did show us. It really put me in mind of the Empire from Warhammer Fantasy. Yeah, and you know what? Yeah. That's that's what Age of Sigma has been missing from the start. I'm surprised they have a, a refresh of like, you know, what what does a normal person look like in Age of Sigma? What are your militia and and, and knights and you know, I you, you can imagine, you know, back. But what does a horse look like in Gur? 
I think that they'll surprise her with taking aesthetic, but putting it through that Age of Sigmar lens. And we've seen how amazing they've done that with the new Sylvaneth models. I'm really excited to see what they do with this. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I finished reading the um, Dominion book uh, that came alongside the Dominion box set, and that that basically tells you what the Dawnbringer Crusades are like. You know, I I think, you know, mild spoilers from the story, but <clears throat> a fraction of the people that set out from the city actually make it and start a settlement. And and just to see that concept in an army, it's going to be so cool. Because, like, they have um, um, dispossessed cogsmiths who are, like, the architects building the cities. But then they have, like, the free guild militia defending it. And you've got the priests who are, um, like, emissaries to Sigmar guiding them. You know, it's uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a super cool army to see when it comes out. You know, we've, we've seen a few hints of this. We had the, the priest character out of the original Silver Tower was our first glimpse of like a normal person in, in Age of Sigma. And then obviously the entire party in Curse City. I really do think that's going to give us some indication of the different unit types. You've got like the Paladin Lady, you've got the, the Witch Hunter. We've got the Van Dentst, who I guess are arguably the first kind of Dawnbringer Crusade models released, I guess. Um, and again, they've got that kind of whole witch hunter vibe with with trench coats and crossbows and pistols and stuff. Um, I imagine you'd be very interested in all this, Dave, as well. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, I can't can't wait. I do like the kind of human element, especially like the witch hunter kind of look, like the big coats and the cool hats and pistols and swords. Uh, yeah, love the look of the renders. Can't wait to see what's um what's coming. Well, what is also coming is the General's Handbook, uh, 2022 slash 23 season one. Season one, I hear you say. Well, Age of Sigmar is doing the same as Warhammer 40,000, and pitch battles will be split into six monthly seasons. So in the book, you get 12, six of which are kind of like generic missions that could be used in any kind of season, and then the other six are set in but we have moved from Thondia to a different, as of yet, undisclosed um, area. So there's more stuff to go. From the Season of War Thondia book, we know that the Beastmen are up to something, so I wonder if we'll see that storyline kind of play out there. Um, Minimal details on, you know, what else is in here at the minute, and I imagine they'll drop that probably kind of closer to release. But another key part here is again for Age of Sigmar, points updates will be free. Um, points will be included in the General's Handbook, uh, unlike the 40k one, which doesn't. However, the points will be free for everybody. So I wonder if this is a recent decision that's happened before the publishing of this book, and then maybe the the part two of this mm. season is then that is removed and replaced with something else, maybe. It kind of makes sense for both yeah, core maybe. systems to have the three points at the same time. I mean, it's a bit bad if 40k did and AOS didn't. So if you don't play match play and you just play Path to Glory, stuff like that, you can just buy the Season of War books and get the points for free online. That is really, really good. Um, you don't 
feel like you have to buy a new book for match play missions that you're not necessarily going to play just to get the point. Yeah, it was one of the biggest grumbles for six monthly seasons, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm happy with that. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see. And you know what, General's Handbook's a good thing. I yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to what's in there. And and fresh missions is always good. Now, yeah, well, another... I think they've I think they've said um, with this General's Handbook, they're going to take a little bit of a focus away from monsters and bring it back to battle line units and big horde units again. So I think that's going to be interesting to see. That's right, yeah, because obviously the the Thunder. Um... The Thunder kind of like arc was very monster based, and it looks like in each of these general handbooks they're going to change the focus. I guess it's similar to how games like Magic the Gathering work, where you rotate in different cards and stuff. You can do that from a gameplay point of view by favouring different types of units, and it keeps tournaments fresh, it keeps lists changing. For the likes of us, that's quite cool because we don't really build an army to complete like with the meta. But we might have units in our collection that actually they, they get to see the light of day again because they're suddenly good. Which is a nice little treat for them, a little day out. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, again, this just gives you another way to play. So if we are playing uh, our Path to Glory campaigns, you know, you can use these different the rules. So so we may have a game using where with the old monstrous um, abilities and uh, the, the battalions and whatnot from the current season. Uh, and then the second game, use these new rules. So it's yeah, just exactly. more options, isn't it? It's, it's Like with the Crusade books for, for 40k, it's nice to have a big resource of things. That you then pick them. For events as well, I can see people doing that, and you just pick a specific realm and you know have them there. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. What I'm also a big fan of is Sky Dwarfs and Vampires. Now, um... <laughs> It looks. We've seen a few Black Library models over the years, such as um, Zef, uh, what's his name, Zephon, is it? The the Blood Angel. Oh, oh Zephon and Fafnir Ran, the yeah. um, Horus Heresy um, characters. We've seen the 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 Custody and the Sister of Battle. We've seen obviously um, Gotrek. You know, we've we've got a few of them now, and it looks like there's a couple of new Age of Sigmar books coming. It looks like they're really trying to push the narrative side and. To be fair, that's always something I've wanted to see. Lots of new books that kind of advance the storyline and I guess the depth of the, the kind of lore that you get in some like the, the Black Library, Horus Heresy books in Age of And to kind of celebrate this, it looks like we've got a couple of models coming out alongside brand new books. So we've got Drecky Flint, who is a, what is he, a Cogsmith or something maybe? I'm not sure. He is definitely... He's an admiral. admiral. Oh, he's an admiral. Sorry, he's an absolutely... They've disgraced him by giving him the wrong rank there. Um, yeah, Dave, <laughs> you, you like dwarfs in the sky. Um, what's I do. Yeah, he's very, very cool. Um, he, uh, okay, he is very, very cool. If I was being really cynical, he may be a little bit too much like an admiral. Um, maybe could have looked more unique. Um, however, I do love his armour. I do love that big axe he's got. Uh, and Jake love quite gun. rightly pointed out his, his volley gun that he's, that he's also <laughs> armed with. Um, he's definitely going into my Caradron army. Um, yeah, he looks ace. And a lot, we've also got a vampire, the Hollow King, coming out. Yeah, this looks so cool. Uh, Kado Jizar, 
I pronounce it? I'm not sure, but it is a very ace-looking vampire. And I particularly like how the armour and the cloak and stuff on this one's painted. I kind of wish I'd done my Soul Black Gravelords in the same scheme now. I, um... See, out of the two, out of these two Black Library miniatures, this one for me, I I, I want a Soul Black Army so I can take this guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm right where with you, Dave. I, I I saw this and I just thought, this is the vampire that I have in the Path to Glory Force leading the force because he looks like he's got <laughs> so much character to him. I'm just like, yeah. Soul uh, Black Ravelo's range has got a lot of excellent vampire models. Yeah. This one tops them all. He is good. This was a rumor engine, wasn't it, recently that we saw with yeah, the blade? Bits, I remember. There's bits of rumor engine all over these uh, these reveals that we've seen. Yeah, I yeah. Just know he's got like a vial of blood hanging from his belt as well. That's cool. Um. So yeah. So basically, what they're going to do is, is release these novels and then have these models coming out alongside. I think that's a really cool way to tie the Black Library back in with the miniatures again, and you can have this outside of the the kind of release schedule. So you could have, I don't know, a Slanesh book comes out at some point and you get a cool new Slanesh model and then they have the rules for free online or in White Dwarf. And again, this is another step with this kind of like digital rules thing that, that Jay said in the past, the kind of, um, uh, what are they called? The do infinity. Inf- uh, Corvus Belly. For- Barely can wear. You don't necessarily do. Here's the entire army in one go. Here's a smattering of cool stuff for everybody. Um, uh, you know that's probably a fair way off, and I think we will still see uh, you know army books and codexes and battle tomes. But I quite like. I think a mixture of both is great, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And especially your time with the, with the book and events and stuff. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I really like these. So yeah, so that was cool. And then we had possibly. The most beautiful models I've ever seen for Age of Sigmar shown off. Now, obviously, unfortunately, Slaves of Darkness, the book, did online before the event. And uh, I think Warcom decided to throw the gauntlet down and show some stuff that we're not going to see till like December. But I will be dreaming and praying for these every day between now and December. Can you imagine a, a race of like Minotaurs? That worshipped Kragnos and then fell to the dark gods. Well, if, you, if you're thinking of that, you will see the, uh, the, the what are they called? The Ogroid Theridons, and they're basically chaos minotaurs. More, more chaotic than ones. These are, rather than being twisted by the forces of chaos, these are like sentient Ogroid people who have fallen to the, to the whims of chaos and worship the chaos gods. That is very, very cool. You've got like an awesome old school command squad with like a champion, a banner bearer, and a horn blower. But then you can also build them. Uh, There's a picture of them with just like sword and board looking absolutely amazing. There's something later on in the show that kind of ties in with these that I also absolutely want to get as well. But we've now got three different Ogroid characters, plus at least like two nits here, depending on how you build them of um, Ogroids. I could see you being able to do a predominantly Ogroid Slaves to Darkness army, and that excites me greatly. Um, Jay, you, you are a fan of these again as a non-Chaos player. Yeah, I really like these. Um, I, I think it's because, like you say, th- these are 
a, a, a race that has chosen to follow chaos rather than be corrupted by chaos. So I, I don't think they'd look too out of place, you know, similar to Kragnos, really, you know, like a destruction kind of model. Um, I love the faces. Like, some of them, one of them looks dead angry, they're grumpy, they look mean. Um, and I also like the fact that you've got, like, a command group again. So the standard bearer, the musician, the champion, and then your, your regular sort of grunts. Really cool. Um, a lot of the AS models we've seen, the, the, I mean, the command... Battle standard bearers is something we really saw come back into the Force in 3rd edition. And again, command groups being like a thing as well. It's just, I don't know, maybe it's just Warhammer fantasy battle nostalgia coming through. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's exciting times for, um, for 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 chaos players across both systems, really. It is, it is. So, so obviously on day two we were like, yeah, day one was good. Day two tricked us a little bit with escaping, going, oh, that's a shame, and then amazingness followed. When we got to day three, um, I don't think we knew what to expect. I think we predicted a few. I got like one right. The rest of it just absolutely took us by surprise. So we kicked off. We got Kill Team. We suspected that there was a new um, um, box. That's the Kill Team model. They said that first when the game came out. Every quarter, you get a scenery box, you get rules for that new kill zone, and you'd get two new Kill Teams. I really like that model. Um, and then you get the, the Kill Teams from the previous quarter released as separate kits. That's really, really cool. Kill Team Moroc is the next one. I believe it's still set within the Nackman Gauntlet. I think this will probably be the end of that Nackman Gauntlet arc before we get to the new Necrony stuff. So, again, it was always going to have a kind of chaos vibe. And it does have Traitor Guardsmen. Again, a kit that we've seen previously in Blackstone Fortress. And, um, yeah, given a fresh lick of paint, brand new multi-part kit for, for uh, kind of fallen Imperial Guard you could just build as a generic guard squad but they have all got separate builds to give them the different operative operative rules for kill team which is amazing um also bundled in this set are the traitor commissar and the chaos ogrin from blackstone fortress i guess because they're quite cheap and cheerful the the traitor guard they get a couple of beefier operatives in those two to to give the kill team some muscle um, and then these are up against um, Phobos Space Marines. So it is the Phobos kit, uh, similar to the um, the Tau and the Chaos Space Marines, in that they then get an upgrade frame with additional parts to customise what they're loaded out with to give them those bespoke operative bits. This is a big box containing all of the pieces of the brand new uh, scenery range that recently came out for, for 40k as well, the Battlezone Frontieris. Yeah, I... Um, two of the three things I'm really excited about. The scenery is amazing, and I've been meaning to get my hands on it. If I can get it in a big kill team box with a load of new models, obviously that's a more palatable way to buy scenery, because sometimes buying scenery by itself is quite expensive. You tend to get deep discounts on these kind of boxes as well. 
The Traitor Guard, obviously, I'm a big Chaos fan. I want to do a Chaos Space Marine army without any Chaos Space Marines. This thing gives me three different infantry units I can choose. I've got the Cultists, I've got the Mutants, I've got the Traitor Guard. And presumably, these will get rules. I suspect we might see two different profiles as well to represent them just built as normal guard and built as more, I guess, veteran guardsmen, for want of a better word, with all the cool gear that they get. My only disappointment really is the Primaris Marines. While there's some cool bits and poses, I don't as immediately obvious as they were with the Chaos Space Marine kit. I don't know what you guys thought on them. Yeah, I mean, you, you get the sergeant, don't you? And he looks... Uh, he definitely looks like that authoritative figure. He definitely looks like he's in control and stuff. But the, the rest of them, the, the changes to them are quite subtle like looking at the medic you, you've still got the medic vial and is sort of like little satchel that he's got on the side and stuff but he, he's still very much like a phobos you know primaris marine and the rest of them yeah they still look very phobos i mean a couple of them have got different helmets and stuff but they are very similar to the generic kit don't get me wrong they're gorgeous and they're absolutely amazing. Um, but yeah, I, I think they fall short compared to the, the Chaos Cultists for me. More subtle, aren't they? The, the, the sniper equivalent is like adjusting his scope. There's a guy who looks like he's like a dual-wielding guy who's got a, a bolt gun in one hand and he's drawing his bolt pistol. But the silhouette still looks like a space marine. I guess that's the, the tricky bit with them. Um, anyone else any thoughts on the box as a whole? Or, you know, the, the Chaos bits or the space marines or even the scenery? I um I wasn't a huge fan of the the cultists that we saw uh for um for the Chaos Marine book, but I do really like these traitor guard. Um I think these are a fantastic kit. Um I do like the infiltrators marines, I, I do like the kit. Um I like the fact that you've got all these upgrades on these. I was saying to, to you, Matt, I, I really want um a unit of Death Watch veterans that are in like Primaris armor with like different mm-hmm. options. I think this is the closest I'm going to get now. Um, and it could be because I know you guys have been sort of looking at kill team, especially you, Andy. Maybe a Death Watch kill team of these faux bosses is the way for me to give it a go. I mean, but one of I these mean, boxes is. Is um, yeah, I mean, one of these box sets is definitely the, for me, is definitely the best way to jump into Kill Team. I mean, looking at it, you know, for Space Marines, typically your operatives are probably like five models. So you get 10 in this box, so you get five that you can use in the Kill Team, and then another five that you can sort of um, change out, you know, depending on who you play against or, or what, you know, whatever. But yeah, looking at the um, the scenery and the fact that you get two quite large kill teams as well, which is is probably more than you actually need to play a game of kill team. You probably got more operatives than you need to. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean they're they're doing an absolute phenomenal job with these kill team boxes, and this one I think is probably the best one they've done yet. Yeah, I I I really like the scenery in it. I really like the the kill teams. My favourite's the Chaos one, um, and yeah, if I, the sooner I can get hold of those Traitor Guard, the better, because I think I'm going to have a lot of them in my Chaos army. 
Yeah, same. I, I look at the trade to go. The Chaos Cortis, like you said, Dave, the Chaos Cortis were, they're fine. They're good. They're chaosy and they're cultisty. These guys, for me, is what I wanted from Chaos Cortis. They are effectively like traitor guard, and that for me is is fantastic. Because the Chaos Cultists, they as silly as the sound, they don't feel like soldiers. They feel like cultists. Um, and yeah, seeing these in in the kill team boxes, yeah, absolutely phenomenal. I, we just didn't see it coming at all. So yeah, I. I I can't wait for these guys to be sold separately. I think I'd buy a couple of boxes of these. <laughs> yeah, but I've got a feeling we're going to be buying some similar stuff in the last half of the year, uh, Andy. Well, yeah, it's definitely going to be chaos. <laughs> if you're a fan of the Middle Earth strategy battle game, obviously we talked earlier that uh, Defense of the North is, is up for pre-order. And show they had a few surprise reveals. A surprise army that's in Defense of the North. The Bjornings. So you remember Bjorn, who could change into a bear, was in The Hobbit. Well, there's there's kind of a, a a mini army based on his bloodline. So first of all, we've got Grim Bjorn, who's the son of Bjorn. He is a, a woodsman who can turn into a bear and has an absolutely gorgeous new model. I mean, just look at it. It's it's amazing. Big grizzly bear or a guy with an axe and a bow because he's that hard. And then they're backed up by the Bjornings, who are, um, yeah, big, like, tribes. I mean, I guess, with beard and hair and axes. My only dis- the, the models can all be built with alternate heads and great bows and hand and a half axes. My only thing is, I imagine in an army you need a lot of them and you've only got three sculpts. I mean, arguably you've got six, I guess, when you swap the head and swap the weapon. But even then, once you've got more than like 12 of them in an army, you're going to have some running, aren't you? Which is a shame because they look really nice. Um, Obviously, sometimes they do the, the different heads and the, the different weapons and make it look quite different. You know, if the alternate heads look in a different way or something, I think we'll need to see the kits in person. I really like these and a nice little force of them would be cool. Um, really, I think that's what it would be. So maybe you haven't got that issue where you have a couple of blisters of the Bjornings. You take Grim Bjorn and you ally them in with another force, maybe. It's probably how they're meant to operate anyway, rather than, you know, 800 points of these. Um, but they did say on the screen yeah. that there is a legendary legion for them if you do want to do just pure Bjornings, though. I was going to say, yeah, I, I think these guys in a legendary legion with where you've got, like, three of the Bjornings, the, um, the special character Grim Bjorn... And then you throw in, you know, some Iron Hill Dwarfs and some Men of Dale. Then I think this, these models really come into their own. But like you said, uh, once you've got a couple of the Bjornlings, there's just not enough there to not repeat those models. Um, uh, which, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, but they're absolutely gorgeous. But I, I don't think I'd want to do a full-blown army of these guys. I think these models I would add to in the, to another army or put in, um, you know, if we can, obviously, uh, into a legendary legion, but I don't think I would focus Pure too much on them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you're a fan of Necromunda, we had the biggest surprise moment of uh, E3. In the announcement of the Prospectors, 
Now, back in my um, Ash Waste review, and I think I mentioned it on the podcast as well, there's a big paragraph where they talk about the various mining gills in Necromunda and how one of them is predominantly made up of squats. And would you know it, Games Workshop announced that that squat mining guild will be a brand new gang for, for Necromunda. And what's really cool is that these are specifically squats. The League of Votan are a, a different organisation that operates elsewhere. These are the classic squats from yesteryear who have travelled to Necromunda and then they've set up communities on the planet. And what I really like is that you see echoes of that. They've got like the helmets and the vines. You've got like dwarf ironbreaker style kind of like belts on them. You called them out, Jay, didn't you? It was like yeah, like ancestor belts. <laughs> yeah. Um, all of the weapons are double barreled as well, which is interesting whether that's how they manufacture them or... Yeah, even the pistols. Yeah, you're right. I like the drum magazines on them. I think they're ace. Yeah, but then you've got elements of the high-tech stuff. Then you've also got bits of, like, the gene stealers mining gear as well, because these are miners. The guys that are in the cult are probably employed by these guys, and they're probably not too impressed when they start growing extra stuff because, you know, they're going to have to do some recruitment, and that's always a nightmare, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, if, if you want to have a squat um, gang in Necromunda, the book you need to pick up is Book of the Outlands. I was completely wrong on the title. Book of the Outlands works. Um, and this is basically your uh, the first Ash Waste supplement book. It has the rules for the Ash Waste Nomads. So presumably the whole gang and all their options. You've got the squats in there. The Orlocks vehicles are in there. and potentially they could get some more vehicles in addition to the ones that they've seen and then you also get the generic vehicles so the great ridge hauler which is the big truck in ridge runners wolf quads and rock grinders from the gene stealer court range are available to any faction that is really exciting for two reasons it means that you can go and buy a ridge runner and convert it up for use in your games of necromunda or you know the base size and the size of the vehicle and could use other kits to convert something up to represent that. That is really, really cool. We don't know too much about what else is in there, but all the Necromunda books are amazing and I can't wait to see what's in here. Um, we were talking over the weekend about doing an Ash Waste campaign. I think I'll probably do the Ash Waste Nomad, so I'll be interested in this book. Obviously, Jay, I think it's a perfect fit for your first Necromunda gang as well. Yeah, definitely. They're such cool models. And yeah, I, I mean, I was sold on the sort of Necromunda campaign when we were talking about it in last week's podcast, to be fair. I really like the idea of those sort of like um, the seasons and, 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 and scheduling just a small number of games over a course of a, of a campaign. Really, really cool. And then, then they go and preview the, the, the squats, the mining guild. Yeah, that's it, isn't it. Sorted now. Yeah, and, we, and we've got Orlocks in the book as well. So, so Dave, there's, there's something for everyone in this book, apart from Andy, apparently. <laughs> so yeah but there was one more thing that we saw day three and that was war cry now we kind of expected we'd we'd thrown around some ideas of maybe a um chaos gang versus skaven in the sewers yeah we we were well off the mark it looks like this is actually a teaser or a pre-teaser or a tiny little glimpse of a pre-teaser for a new edition of war cry is what I'm seeing kind of binds here. 
one of the gangs that we've seen, and I guess these are probably going to be in that box when it comes out, are the Horns of Hashut. Now, Hashut was the god that the Chaos Dwarves worshipped. Um, lots of effigies of, like, uh, balls off. I guess it makes sense that it isn't necessarily a, a Dwarven god. That was just a chaotic worshipped. So why doesn't he have human followers, elf followers, whatever? And this is very much a, the human followers of Hushot. Now, the Chaos Dwarves had lots of kind of slavery elements. And I think we see a bit of this as well. You've got a couple of guys in big kind of like helmets that, looking back at them now, they kind of remind me of the god of um, Stargate, where like, the Egyptian god had... Yes. Them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But then we've got like yeah over Jafar yeah exactly <laughs> but then you've got like you know I've got like cattle prods and stuff there's a guy with a flamethrower bagpipe thing it's all you need in life you, exactly <laughs> then you've got a couple of guys in just like loincloths and a pick so I don't know if these are these are slaves that they've got or just they were last into the office and didn't get the cool helmet I'm not sure what their deal is um. I really like these. I mean, I've I've liked all of the Chaos Warbands for for war. It's um it's let them explore different things. But what's really exciting about this is that for the first time it's moving out of the the eight points and it is actually set in Gur in in a uh, I forget what it's called. It was in a forest or a jungle or something, wasn't it? I forget the yeah the. Oh, the Gnarlwood. The Gnarlwood, yeah. Which, first of all, summons up visions of Sylvaneth. So could we get another Sylvaneth kit as a Warcry warband? It also opens up every other faction in the game to finally get their own bespoke Warcry kits that then are dual purpose in a cool modular kit Warcry and also fill a gap or an update an older kit for the parent unit. So immediately, I'm thinking, mm. like, Night Runners is that kind of stuff for Skaven. Uh, Saurus Warriors. If this is set in the jungle, why not a new Saurus Warrior Warband that also then updates the really old Saurus Warrior kit for the Seraphon? Yeah, I think this is cool. I, I, it, it, the Norwood is in gear, isn't it? Is in gear, yeah, which is where the next season set yes. as well. So, Beastmen, you know. Yeah, I wonder if there's a tie in there. Band. Um, if it, yeah, because there was, wasn't there in the in the recent um, law the return of Morgor? Yeah, Morgor, Morgor-like entity, spirits, and the beastmen are being encouraged to try and gather the, these. The Norwood kind of sounds like the kind of place they'd hang out. And that's traditional kind of like beastmen versus wood elves vibe in the forest. We haven't seen much of this, but it's set in the jungle. Uh, terrain is a big book cry, and I could see us getting new Age of Sigmar jungle terrain in here and oh, rather than cool. like walls you've got big like overgrown thickets and big jungle trees you know as part of the scene in the box again this is just rampant speculation we don't know anything um but that'd be cool a jungle and then you've got the hashuk gang and then a non-chaos warband in there that'd be amazing wouldn't it now the first season of Warcry had eight different warbands i think so potentially, again, they might have less, but potentially we could see seven new warbands here, which would be really exciting. Especially if they're yeah. over different different factions. Now, they were cool, but they weren't as cool as the Centaurian Marshal. 
Now this, again, he's got the same kind of vibe as the Ogroids that we saw earlier, in that he's like a centaur race guy who has fallen to chaos. I mean, is he a centaur? He's got four legs and four arms. Is he technically an arachnid? I'm not sure. A beetle. He is, he is, he is amazing, though. He looks big. He, for scale, there's some schools on the base. So he's a big chap. Um, and yeah, I, I, I presume he will also get Age of Sigmar rules in the new Slaves of Darkness book. They released the previous Ogroid models for Warcry first, and then they were in the Slaves of Darkness. This guy looks like he'll fit in nicely with them. And uh, yeah, left me very happy on, on day three. So again, up to this point, we'd had three amazing days of reveals. I think um, we were all very, very excited at this point, but more so because one day we were heading to Warhammer World for the Warhammer, the Horus Heresy open day. Before, um, before you carry on, Matt, just think about this week's top three and think already you're really struggling. <laughs> exactly. Oh, you know what? From from day one, I was really struggling for a top three. By now, we'd had a load of yeah. reveals, and we, I don't, I think in the more i don't know about you guys but i kind of thought okay we'll see the new horus heresy box set we'd seen just go anyway and uh, it'd be cool to see everybody but there'll be less reveals compared to the other days i think it's safe to say we probably all thought that didn't we yeah 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 but they they did not disappoint so well i mean we'll kick off with the big event the warhammer the horus heresy age of darkness starter box before we go anywhere else, this isn't a launch box. This isn't a limited time release. This is the starter box. You can go into your games workshop and pick off the shelf anytime. Amazing. That's huge. Second yeah. point, point. It contains 40 Space Marine Legionaries in Mark VI Power Armor. Looks beautiful. Looks like there's a range of poses. They've got bayonets and stuff. We'll talk more about that later. It looks pretty cool. It comes with the two new Praetors, one in Power Armor and one with Terminator Armor. It comes with a new multi-part plastic modular Contemptor with a load of weapon options. Really, really cool. It comes with 10 Tartarus Terminators. Are they Tartarus? No, Cataphracty Terminators. Mm. Um, yeah. Again, they're an older kit, but they still stand up. And, and a, um, a brand new plastic spartan amazing already just it also comes with a massive hardback rule book with the full horus heresy rules it comes with dice it comes with transfers it comes with templates it comes with scatter dice a reference sheet which is very old school we haven't had one of them in a box for a long time and gentlemen two whippy sticks the <laughs> oldest, younger viewers may not realize the joy of Back in the day, you used to get a measuring device in your box. It was it was a bit rubbish. They'd get chewed. They I don't think they were even in inches. You're better off using a tape measure. The 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 prime thing every single person who bought an older Warhammer box was to hit your siblings with. As far as I'm aware, they made a satisfaction noise through the air, through the air. Now all of that stuff, we I mean, Jay, what uh, we'd seen some rumours, hadn't we, about how much this cost. What did you think the kind of retail price for all that stuff would be? I mean, I was yeah, we were thinking about two fifty, hadn't we? Two fifty, yeah, definitely. 
they and then and then we heard on the on the stream wasn't it Eddie and Adam on the stream so they couldn't give you an exact price but they told you all oh, this is coming for under two hundred pounds yeah under two hundred pounds <sighs> for a two thousand point Horus Heresy army and the rule book and all the templates and dice and stuff that is just crazy because I've probably spent that on a couple of uh, well a Spartan's one hundred and sixteen <clears throat> quid I think the current yeah, resident one. It, it's um it's a great a great value for money box that, that considering that what is it for you've just gone through the list of all the models you're getting in there a, a bonkers amount of plastic and all the other accessories that go along with it um poof, it sort of blows the other starter sets that we've seen out of the water really doesn't it for value for money i think and that, what, for 250 i was thinking you know what that's still good value i know you kind of pulled a face at, at that price tag dave but at sub 200 pounds you know it's whether that just means well, my brother, 90 or 185, I don't know. It could, it could be 199.99. Yeah. We still buy it. Yeah. Well, my brother who was on the fence with the Horus Heresy, and I think one of the things that turns my brother off is the investment in building armies now of that size. When he when he saw how much this was going to cost, and and when he saw the contents, you know, on the day we, we get to walk around the cabinets and pick up the models and and whatnot, he was he was sold on it, and I I think now he is looking um for in his for his birthday in June next year. Uh, not next year, this year, sorry, next month, I meant to say. Um, looking at, at picking this up as a like a joint birthday present for him. Um, yeah, and, which is, and it's just, it's a great way because, like you say, it, it, it's the foundation of a solid Horus Heresy army, and then gradually you can add those Forge World specific elite units to it to yeah. make it into a three thousand point force. Absolutely, I'm so impressed. This is a mainline starter box rather than a limited release as well, because I I would have been on the fact if it was if it was a launch box and it was sub two hundred, so let's call it hundred ninety, hundred ninety. You're probably talking hundred and fifty, hundred and sixty from Element Games. 150 quid for all that stuff is crazy and everyone would have ordered as many copies as they could get their hands off for future prod products uh, projects you don't need to do that now because that is going to be in stock in games workshop for the foreseeable future <coughs> until they bring out third edition of horus heresy it just it just blows my mind that in a good way that they've maybe looked what minion indometers and go do we need to have like this launch box and then follow up with like, smaller starter boxes or do we just keep this full rule book kind of release and have that as the as the like the starter product such an amazing idea it really is yeah it's yeah i mean you look at it and and just for i mean looking at the box for me i could see myself buying two of these boxes and then like jay said picking a legion and sprinkling in some of those forge world units and the primark and that sort of stuff and then a couple of the you know we'll talk about in a sec some of the newer plastic kits and stuff like that and yeah i mean it's it's amazing i mean we, we were talking to some of the the people uh the horace heresy day weren't we and we, mm. it almost feels like the heresy is uh, best way to describe it kind of like a uh, a dedicated fan base but what this box really does is it, it it opens it up for for everyone and i think that's the great part of this box is that if you want to just pick up some heresy it's now not going to cost you a thousand pounds to pick up a heresy army is it so no i mean you've got to the point you get an 
entire and the rule book for less than uh, I've paid much more than that on on forty like k and AOS armies, and it's not even a sometimes on some of these launch boxes starter boxes whatever you want to call them you're going to be a bit skeptical and go okay yeah there's an army there but isn't necessarily what i'm going to use in games and you know what a spawn tempter 40 marines and 10 terminators plus the two praetors there's not a bad unit in there it's all stuff that every single person will use as part of their army now there's some exceptions you know blood angels jay you'd probably go more towards close combat stuff white scars will be going more down the bikes and, and jet bikes kind of thing but on the whole every legion and even those ones that we've mentioned can use the stuff in this box to make a good like a, a fully legal 2000 point army that is perfect good to go out of the box and i don't think games workshop have ever done that with any starter product have they no no well, I, I, I'll be grabbing one for my Blood Angels, just, just, just to tip my Blood Angels up to 3,000 points. Yeah, okay, you, you, you do probably want to prefer sort of jump pack armed Blood Angels, but you've got the Elite Units, the Dawnbreakers and the Angels Tears from the Forge World store for that sort of element of Blood Angels, and this just forms the backbone of any Legion force. You know, just tactical, tactical, especially, especially knowing what we do now about the rules. Obviously, we got to try a few of the rules out on the day, and we learnt a few of the things that are coming, some of the mechanics and things like that, which might which might want you to take a few more of your um, sort of I call them battle line, your, your regular troops units. Yeah, exactly. Um, like I mean, we, we, we were kind of talking in the car at two fifty. Is that going to be a bit much? Split multiple boxes. At one hundred and fifty from a third party. Absolutely. I'll, I'll put, my, my sons of Horus probably don't need another 2,000 points, but my Empress children are probably about 2,000 points worth. Add this box, and I've got a load of variety for different units. Um, I want to do a, 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 a word bearer's force. Brilliant. Yeah, I'll have a lot of um, kind of gore and kind of other weird, grisly stuff, but it's the core of your heresy army you want those marines terminators. You want a Spartan or something. So, honestly, I, I think this is a brilliant every single player will probably buy one of these for each new heresy army that they start yeah yeah i mean i i look at this box set and i think this is i i would happily buy two of these box sets sprinkle in some legion specific stuff and then i think that would solve me for a large game like warhammer world oh yeah and 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 like i said it's it's a great way of getting into the game and the value for money in the box, you know, I mean, we've said it so many times already, but I'll keep saying it. It's absolutely phenomenal. And I would love to have everything in this box times two and then play large games with it. And just the fact that you can do that is just, I mean, there's a Spartan assault tank in it. You yeah. know, <laughs> it's like, when would you ever see that in this launch box? That's it. It's you, incredible. You two of these from Element. What's that? Three hundred quid. The spare rule book that you can sell or just give to a friend. I, I imagine one thing that we will see is that the secondary market will be saturated with Horus Heresy core box because everyone and their dog will have like three copies of this box. Yeah. Um, so, so arguably, you're probably not going to get much for that. But you know, gateway drug. Give it to a friend. Get them hooked. It's fine. Uh, and then for 300 quid, you've got 4,000 points of Horus Heresy, including two Spartans. Like you say, yeah. you can do whatever variety of army you want to do from that. And then add a Primarch, 
add a unit of elite stuff, maybe some of the more specialist tanks and stuff, and you could do a, a 5,000-point apocalypse game relatively cheap, cheaply. I um <clears throat> I said this like as soon as like you you sort of talked about the price. For me, when you look at kind of the Forge World Elite units and how expensive some of them are, I think you know, I'd like to think that one of the reasons the price point is so low is to get people into there is also to to get people to almost think, okay, you know, I've bought the bulk of my army relatively on the cheap. Suddenly a seventy-pound five-man unit doesn't feel so good getting it because you've saved money on the rest of your force. See what I mean? Absolutely. You know, it's, it, it's very much a, a loss leader to get you into the game. You, we'll use the hundred and fifty example from Element. Getting your Primarch and your Elite squad is probably going to cost that as well, and that's what six guys for the same cost of that entire ecologically. You're already the way through your 3,000-point army. That's not a lot to add to get there, I guess, is the way they're thinking. And then that's a core tank. I'll add this as well. And that's another core unit. And then, you know, you're addicted to the game and you buy them all then, don't you? That's the that's the master plan, I imagine. <laughs> but, yeah, really, really cool. So I think the point to, to kind of jump in about the rules. So while we were at the open day, we actually managed to, to have a look at some introduction. kind of like of the old original it has had quite a game We want to start which makes it kind of really clever from a back and forth of moving across the battlefield and um, another one that i remember is that if you shoot a unit they can opt to react and shoot. here we go here we go so full back full ballistic skill yeah so you, you've got you've got two reactions in the shooting phase you can return fire of which like you say you can you can make a shooting attack uh, or you can evade, which in essence gives you what 40k players would know as a feel no pain save, shrouded save against all wounds that were uh, inflicted as part of that shooting attack that's coming towards you. Now that, and that happens, I believe, simultaneously, doesn't it? Or no, once the shooting attack's been been done. But basically, that means though those little like ten man specialist squads, heavy squads, you want to be absolutely sure that you kill them. Otherwise, I could be getting 10 lads face for free yeah, it, in your turn. It's a, 
Yeah, it's as soon as the the enemy's attack is resolved, whatever you have left then. Before removing casualties. So you do, the full squad gets to shoot back before you remove them as models, is what I read from it. Oh, you're right. Uh, And there were also, yeah, and there was also, um, it talks as well about how uh, even small units or outnumbered units can get the edge. So objectives are an important part of the game. And certain units, I think it was your basic line infantry. There's like special types of unit now. Infantry, line infantry, heavy infantry. Uh, they, they could activate a, a rule called Heart of the Legion, which we didn't get many de- much detail about that particular rule. But the gist of it was, is that if a unit has that Heart of the Legion uh, ability, it triggers when they're near objectives. Um, and that gives them bonuses um so in the example they gave there was a small unit of imperial fist tactical marines that were outnumbered by a sons of horus unit that decided to fire on them but because the um the, the smaller imperial fist tactical squad were this special type of unit line i think it was they then they had this heart of the legion rule and they were near an objective they they were able to to add um plus one to their hit rolls or something like that uh, which meant that it, it was really controlling objectives, not just to score victory points, but to also um, buff units was an important part of the game, which I really like. That that's really cool. You know, objectives played a much more integral part of the of the game rather than just being something you sit on to get victory points. Yeah, exactly. With 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 the with the with the kind of return fire um, uh, reaction, like we said, I, I think it is before you remove the models. So. It is a big risk shooting a, a, a heavy squad. Obviously, your opponent can't do it with every unit, but you've almost got a bit of a game of chicken in trying to force their hand and, and getting them to use that early um, and yeah. dictate the flow. Really interesting. Similar in, in, in um, close combat as well. You can overwatch, as you always have been able to, um, and I believe that's at space ballistic skill as well now. But also, you can, I forget what it's called, it's like set to defend or something, and you can... Yeah, hold the line. Yeah. Force a disorderly, a disorderly charge on them, which negates all the benefits that the charging unit gets. So you're going to have to really think about how you do things. Um, I mean, charging in itself has, has changed, really, in that if you fail a charge, you still go forward half that distance which could potentially put you in a worse, a worse, uh, worse position than if you just stayed still. Yeah. But there's also now charge modifiers, so depending on the movement speed of your unit or the model, they get a bonus to their charge rolls and things like that. So faster units, maybe guys with jump packs, you've got that 12-inch move, they're getting, they're getting plus one or two to their charge rolls as well. Uh, running is more reliable now. It is just an initiative modifier to your movement. So if you're initiative four, you run 10 inches rather than move six. So that random element of the dial has gone. I, I think there's going to be some really cool tactical stuff that you can do in games now. It sounded like the psychic phase had been scrapped and that the psychic powers were sort of um, consolidated with the phase that they sort of worked in. So psychic shooting attacks now took place in the shooting phase rather than the psychic phase and things like that. Yeah, it's obviously we just saw snippets. We didn't see the full rule yeah. yet, but from what we saw and from what we played, I mean, even our little demo game that we had, Dave, that was really fun. I mean, you you failed a six inch charge, which was hilarious from the start. Absolutely, but the mechanics of the game seemed sometimes in the heresy has been a victim of it is a bit bloated and cumbersome, and I think they've had taken the opportunity to kind of refresh it and. 
while not making it streamlined and dumbing it down, adding some newer design elements from other games and get the best of both worlds. You've got that that complex granularity where um, your weapon skill matters and your ballistic skill matters and your strength and toughness matters in combat. Um, there's a lot more war gear options and thought to what you arm people with. So if you've got a bayonet rather than a chainsaw, it matters. Stuff like that is important in a game that's predominantly Space Marines versus Space Marines. Speaking of Space Marines versus Space Marines, they also revealed that the, the rules, the core rules for Space Marine factions will be in two, I think they said they were 300 page books, Liber Astartes and Liber Hereticus. One with each, each book, has got all the core Space Marine units for the whole lot, so you can survive from these red nuts, yeah, yeah. Your tactical marines, your assault marines, all that generic stuff. But then it also has all of the Legion-specific special rules and units and Primarchs and all that stuff in it as well across two books. So yes, it probably gonna, is going to cost you a little bit more compared to a Codex. However, if like you've got multiple different um, Legions, you can now take one book with you and that has all the stuff that you need. Again, it was a bit of a victim in you needed to carry around a small library, Horace Heresy, because there was stuff scattered between the black books and the, the core kind of rule book, where now all of the units are in one big, thick tome. Um, you guys, I mean, I, I, I'm a big fan of this. Would you have preferred like codexes for each legion or, or are you a fan of the, here's a book of all the good guys, here's a book of all the bad guys? I um I like this. Go, Dave. You go, Dave. I'm I'm also I'm a big fan of this. Did um, when obviously Eighth Edition came out, and they kind of had to do a big reset on the 40k, and they did the com- the compendiums. Uh, I think I think it's great to get all the current Heresy players, uh, all the new Heresy players, all playing from the same hymn sheet. Then you know I, I don't know what the plan is for the future to come and do. I don't. We were talking about this, weren't we, Jay? If they if they're going to do individual codexes for each legion, which I think they will, uh, or if they'll keep this. What's worth saying, these these aren't these aren't get you by books like the thingies where these are the full rules. So I don't think we'll see codexes. I think the, this is the full rules for everything, and, and they might introduce new and further supplements down the line, which is really really cool. Mm. It means that this is this is good to go out the door. This is the solid rules, which is amazing. Yeah, I like this because as well, everybody, all the legions are at the same, you know, we see in 40k where a a codex comes out at the beginning of the edition and okay, it's good, it's okay. But over time, it's superseded by codex creep. You know, the later factions are much more interesting. They've got more exciting crusade mechanics, um, stronger rules. And those early codexes then are just left by the wayside, really. And then you've got the opposite end of the, pro- the the scale where you get your codex and then the next edition launches. Whereas here, all 18 legions have got all their rules now at the beginning of the edition, which is fantastic then for for balance point of view. And I think what I would like to see is what they've been doing recently over the last few months on the Warhammer community website, where they've been releasing, like not data sheets, whatever the equivalent is for Horus Heresy, new units. So there was Imperial yeah. Fist Huskarls, there was an Ultramarines unit, I think there was a Night Lord, you know, and that's what I would like to see. So you've got this big book with your rules, and then over the next three or four years, you know, you may get one or two new units for your Legion every year because they just release a new a new set of rules online. 
And I think that's a much more interesting way of managing different, well, 18, well, it's not even 18, is it? It's 18 space marine factions, but then you've got the Adeptus Mechanic. well, no, what is it? The well, Mechanicum, yeah. so, sorry. So, so on that, on that, Warhammer Community 6, I think there was a lot of grumbling about, oh, it's just space marines at launch. Warhammer Community have, have confirmed that at launch, there will be get you by kind of download rules for all the factions. So we've got the Mechanicum. We've obviously got the, 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 the Mechanicum and the, the Dark Mechanicum. We've got the Solar Exilia. You've got the Talons of the Emperor, which includes the Sisters of Silence and the Custodes. You've got the Slaves to Darkness and Lost of the Damned, the, uh, the the kind of Chaos Mutant and Traitor Guard forces, which coincidentally will be dead easy to do now with all those new Chaos releases. It's almost as if they've timed a Chaos yeah. release in the summer to time with it. <laughs> it's quite well and obviously demons aren't mentioned but presumably we'll get them knights are mentioned the adeptus titanicus all that kind of stuff will follow in big chunky books like this with their rules but then the big books won't necessarily be out at launch however there will be rules available for everybody i do wonder if some of the Anakin maybe i suspect they'd want to have some plastic kit support for them when that book drops i might be wrong uh, it could just yeah. be that, you know, two months after release, we get all these books in one go, brilliant, and then we revisit them later. But I do wonder if they're, they're planning on dropping a, a kit maybe for them so your core infantry aren't expensive 60 quid Forge World units because really being the barrier to entry. Look at the solar exhibit. If you had a plastic squad for them... It's still in a basket. It's <laughs> still in your basket. That would be amazing. And how many people would start a solar exhibit army if you could get them for 30 quid a unit rather than 80 quid a unit, I want to say, for like 70 points of guys. Um, so, yeah, there the, is hope. So don't, don't collect... Um, don't collect those... Um, you collect those armies and you're not going to get support. There will be a Legacies of the Age of Darkness PDF with all this cool stuff in. And they've even said models that don't even exist anymore will have rules in there to let you use them. So that is really, really, really good. Now, they also showed that a lot of this stuff is going to get reboxed. Your tactical marine squads are going to come 20 in a box because in Heresy Era armies, you've got a lot more bodies on the table. You can have big squads. Uh, you can go crazy. So there's the Mark uh, 3, Mark 5, Mark 6. No, Mark 3, Mark 4, Mark 6, isn't it? Kits that are going to be available yeah. at launch. Also, the characters out of Prospero are going to be available separately as well. So Araman and Grigor Fellhand. That is pretty cool. Um, in Games of Heresy, the way that special squads and heavy squads work is different. And in the past... You buy resin upgrade kits in order to equip your marines with those special heavy weapons. They've gone the Necromunda route and the crazy high value, a good value Necromunda route, where you can buy a special weapon squad uh, box that contains 10 of each special weapon in the game. I was not expecting this. I Honestly, I thought we'd get like a plasma blister that has five plasma guns in it. The fact that I, I, going from like, re, I'm guessing like, I don't know, 30 quid for a big box, but that box will probably do. Say if we bought one of these between us, we'd probably all have different weapons. If you bought one of these and you're doing multiple heresy armies, you'd have more weapons than you ever need to fit kit things out. That's really, really cool. And then there's going to be three different heavy weapon boxes. One with missile launchers and heavy bolters, 10 of each. 
one with heavy flamers, multi-melters and plasma cannons, 10 of each, and one with las cannons, volkite cullivans, and cannons, again, 10 of each. I absolutely this change. I can see a lot of um, chaos plasma, maybe picking up a box to use as the various heavy weapons that their Havocs can have as well. Um, again, what, what, what are your thoughts on this? Are we, are we excited at this change? It, it definitely makes that big launch box even more better value now that you can throw, you know, like you said, you buy one or two boxes of a heavy weapon boxes and you can almost build 10 guys with las cannons, 10 guys with auto cannons, uh, 10 guys with plasma cannons just from that one launch box. Yeah. So uh, I. I mean, the fact that they've made them plastic as well and and not resin and all that sort of stuff, because that's always been one of the things that's kind of put me off a little bit with heresy. It, it, yeah, I mean, it's absolutely phenomenal. And I didn't expect this at all. No, I, I, I really didn't. This was the biggest surprise for me. And the way they package it, I thought we were getting weapons, but the way that it's just like, here's a big box of 60 weapons is, is, is crazy good. Like you say, if you've got an existing heresy army... You can buy that box and one of these boxes have, yeah, like you say, all your special and heavy options, you've got them in your case to swap your army point and use a different type. I do feel that those squads are better with the new, like I mentioned earlier, that that puts a very real threat on the table because you don't necessarily want to shoot them with a squad of tactical marines because you're pulled in the returning fire, which again adds another tactical element. Yeah. You can buy an squad for it's like nuclear deterrence, isn't it? You don't want to shoot them because you yeah. know they're going to annihilate you. Such a good idea. Uh, the, what, what, one thing I will mention that I noticed on the Warcom article is um, it says that these upgrade packs are made for the the new marks of armor, the beaky armor. But I, you could probably make them work with mark free and all the rest of them couldn't you they might yep, just take I a bit of they've all got the same, they, they will have the same hand fittings because the resin ones currently fit them so all oh, those heavy kits they'll fit for yeah you could probably use them for, for 40k but you probably then you'll probably need to start adjusting stuff but the fact that these replace the resin kits that are compatible with the current plastic kits means that the new plastic kit will be the same fittings because this will be a master plan they've had in you know the tracks for a couple of years so yeah, I'm, I'm fairly certain you will be able to load out your current Heresy Marines with them, which is ace. Now, we also saw a couple of vehicles um, released, uh, shown off. So we've got the, the Demos Pattern Rhino, um, RTB-02, I think it was, the second kit for um, Warhammer 40,000. I've said on the podcast before, this is my Rhino of choice, whether that's the nostalgia speaking I just love the the engine stacks, the little kind of like step to get out, the the, the, um, the kind of dozer blade on the front. I got into the game in second edition um, when these kits were still normal, the normal kit, and obviously it's been redone. That we, we we suspected they were coming because the the CAD design for the Sisters of Battle vehicles is built on this chassis. Mm. Um, yeah, I love it. They were very expensive in resin. You know, for, for for Rhino, I will happily give all my Marine Squad Demos Pattern Rhinos now. Uh, one little Easter egg that's maybe a point to the future. If you notice the gunner, 
is wearing Mark II armor, which we've never had in plastic before. I never noticed that. So they've got the kind of like Cylon style kind of visor on the front of them. I would lose the plot if they did a plastic Mark II kit, which they probably will at some point, and do like Iron Warriors or something with them because they look really cool. Yeah, I uh, I have to admit, for my Iron Warriors, I'm I'm going to focus on the Mark III armor quite a lot. But looking at the the gunner for that Rhino with Mark II armor, I think Mark II armor looks it, it definitely fits that same sort of look um, for for that I want for my Iron Warriors and stuff. Um, which yeah, <laughs> and we also saw a brand new battle tank. Um, the Kratos, which is kind of like a big Sicarian, but smaller than a fell blade, so kind of on the cusp of the heavy slot, but not quite in the Lord of War slot, which is a good place to be, given that you probably want Primarchs and other Lord of War stuff in your army. I imagine there's going to be a lot of points, but it, it is a gorgeous-looking tank. The turret's kind of got Predator vibes to it. It's got sponsors all over the show. Um, I really, really like it. I think he's got a few different weapon options. That dozer blade. Oh, dozer yeah, blade, you've got yeah. like a Volkite cannon, Volkite sponsons. There's like a melter battle cannon type looking thing on the top. It's got the um, pencil mounted, not pencil mounted, the like hull forward facing heavy bolter sponsons. Uh, like an auto cannon, I think, like almost like a tracer weapon on the front. But those dozer blades just look brutal. <laughs> Do not get run over by that. Um, and also... Oh. I'm also thinking that if you're not using that, stick it on something for Necromunder. That'd work really well. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so a lot of stuff shown on. Now, there was a bit that we saw and kind of and, and kind of chatted about while we were at the show. Um, I want to quickly kind of touch on, on the Warhammer Fest experience at the Open Day, guys. Um, I think it was £5 to get in, wasn't it? And they had lots of display cabinets set up. It Pick some in the community to paint up some boxes early. So there was a nice variety of different legions to see for kind of inspiration. They also had quite a lot of kind of future stuff shown in the cabinets. Um, so the, the Kratos, the, 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 the Predator, uh, the Rhino, sorry. Um, there wasn't anything outside of the stuff revealed here, apart from a, a teeny little surprise that I nearly collapsed when I heard. So they had a couple of, but they'd said, hadn't they? There was a couple of special models you could get hold of. And we'd kind of thought that, is this a, a limited edition model? Oh, no, 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 no. It was early release models. Now, Dave, you are um, standing firm with the Dark Angels and the new Dark Angel character that was only previewed like a couple of days ago on Warcom. Uh, they actually had him available on the data purchase just didn't they? Marduk Cedrus, yeah, Lord of the 23rd Order. Um, he is absolutely awesome, and um, I couldn't say no. No, well, no either, Dave. But my my thing that I bought was um, a bit bigger. Um, they had Cabanda, the Demon General of Cygnus, Corn's most trusted lieutenant, available to purchase early. Um, and yeah, I was I was casually in the queue for um, for the painting competition, which which was really cool. You, you kind of submitted a paint a model, and um, Aidan Daly and uh, Louise Sugden would judge them and, and give them kind of gold, uh, silver, and bronze medals based on like the the scoring mechanisms they do for the golden demons. So that was really really fun. Um, but yeah, I said, uh, Cabanda's on sale. 
And it's like, right, okay, well, that changes plans. The uh, the money that maybe had to, to one side to, to reinforce the Emperor's children uh, immediately went on a giant corn demon. And I've got to say, I did, I did an unboxing video of him, like the the, the minute I got back and I've, uh, I cleaned him up yesterday. And I am, as late as it is, I'm very tempted to start building him after the podcast because I can't wait to get some paint on this guy. I was going to take uh, the Sons of Horus to the Heresy event in you but um <laughs> demon if you've got get you by rules i might have to take the demons because uh, that needs to happen um so yes we're really good they didn't they had, they had kind of demo tables up where they were going through slices of the rules and like i said there was a lot of people from the wider community there as guests as well so um we met quite a few people dave do you want to run through some of the people we said hi to and People yeah. might be interested in meeting. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we had a, a, a nice long chat with Ash from Gorilla Miniatures Gaming. That's right, isn't it? I always get the name. Gorilla Miniature Games, yeah. Yeah. Um, he was um, super nice. I watched quite a few of his uh, Sigma Battle reports, although he does a lot more than than just Warhammer. Um, I know you, Matt, were, were quite um, chatty with him about Star Wars Legion, which uh, Andy, I yeah. think you're both getting into. And Jay, in fact, actually, I think you're getting into that as well, aren't you? Yeah, I've got I've got a load of um, clone troopers right next to me in the box. It's quite a heavy box actually. <laughs> the May the Fourth deal. Yeah, so um, so yeah, he was he was chatting to us about that. We we spoke to James from Siege Studios, of which we had on the podcast um a couple of months ago. Uh, a really nice guy. Um, obviously a very big commission painting studio. Um, I spoke to Lawrence and Fletcher from uh, Tabletop Tactics, uh, which is uh, obviously quite a large forty k gaming channel here in the uk um they were really really nice guys i'm trying to think of it to anybody else there was, was a lot of people weren't there it was yeah it was, it was really cool it was um quite nice to be able to like chat with them especially some of the the american guests as well you wouldn't necessarily some of the others you might kind of rub shoulders with occasionally at a tournament or something but certainly like ash and, and people like that it's get to see him so that was really really cool and um, they had some um table set up and i kind of regret not bringing some small armies so we could have played through the rules at our yeah. um, own leisure but the problem is you in an event it's quite quite busy you don't big box of models all day do you so that's why i kind of it was very that, busy yeah. there was a lot of people yeah. there well, the busiest i've seen one world for a long time i guess mm. they say they had 200 tickets plus they had quite so it quite busy but i thought it went really well oh. personally yeah, I was going to say, sometimes you go to these events and you struggle to get to the cabinets because I think they had a lot on dis- display. So obviously they had the painted contents of the new sets. They had the, 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 the rhinos and the Kratos tanks that we talked about. But they also had lots of like community painting models in the cabinets as well. So different Primarchs. They had like elements of the of the box set painted up in the different legions. So you could see Blood Angels, Thousand Sons, Alpha Legion, that sort of thing, painted was, by different community members. Traditionally, I, they'd have the, the, the heavy metal ones, and then everyone's struggling to see them. Where if you can't see the heavy metal one hmm. down there, well, there's actually another one painted as Blood Angels up the, you know, a few cabinets up. So that made it easier to see the contents of the box, didn't it? Yeah, I thought that was good. And I also liked the fact they had those demo tables out. I thought the staff that were working on the day, the, the different um, Games Workshop staff, they were really, really good. I mean, we sat down on that table and um, you had like a little printout of 
Um, like not all of the rules, of course, but but like the general gist of the new rules, the different core reactions, that sort of thing. And you could take that away. It was like an A3 printed sheet, I think, double sided. And you could take that away as well with you. Um, and we sat down on the table and and um, we were able. They had they had a selection of models out on the table and they went through different phases of the game with you. And they were really knowledgeable about the game. They, you know, they they told you told you some of the changes. That's where we learned about the psychic power changes and and potentially the legions themselves are going to get. You've got these core reactions that are, that every army has access to, but then different legions favor different styles of warfare and they have their own sort of reactions that they can use as well. Um, although we were scratching our heads why so so obviously that the, the, it was Sons of Horus versus Imperial Fist and these little scenarios it could play through were always Imperial Fist versus Sons of Horus the Sons of Horus looked okay the Imperial Fist were lime green I'm not sure if like the yellow spray or whatever they'd used to turn to funny colour it was just a bit odd to see Imperial Fist oh, yeah, painted I, I lime expect, green <laughs> um, maybe Horus ambushed the, the paint yeah the <laughs> I, did, did maybe, um, is, is there a Sons of Horus green paint on the way because that was a Chef mm. Kit uh, spray paint colour for the it might be yeah. there is a Sons of Horus green on there. <laughs> and um so yeah, I think it, it it was a really, really, really cool event. And um like I say, when we first walked through the door it was heaving, but we were able to get everywhere we wanted to get, which is good. Yeah, would you like to see more things like that at Warhammer World in future? Like low low entry fee and that's I guess just to control isn't it? But kind of community people and demo tables and stuff like that as opposed to the more traditional oh yeah Warhammer like the Fest. warhammer 40,000 10th edition oh yeah well as well as i think that was great like every time they launch a new edition of the game something like that would be really really cool to go to unfortunately i don't know why we didn't sit down at the painting tables and paint a mark four um sorry mark six space marine and bring it home I've, i can't I've, I've no we were there all day we're, you know i don't know why we didn't sit down i think that's um, how much there was to do there though because we went around the museum. Yeah. We, we did stop for lunch for a bit, but we spent so much of the day chatting to people. And I, I do think that inviting like people from the community is a really good idea because we must have sat, stood nice for about forty-five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is it, isn't it? I, I mean, looking at the demo tables and the painting tables and and that sort of stuff, it, it's like it's amazing. It's great, but I wouldn't want to spend more than sort of half an hour doing either of those things just because, uh, you know, like you said, how often do you get to speak to Ash from Gorilla Miniature Game? Yeah, I've watched his YouTube channel for for years now, and getting to actually see him in the flesh was amazing. I mean, we obviously talked about James from Siege Studios and. Lawrence from Tabletop Tactics, but I think Vince Venturello was there from uh, Warhammer Weekly, and yeah, my only regret from that weekend was I didn't get to speak to Vince Venturello, you know, that would have been amazing, so I think sitting down and and painting the model, which was amazing, like, you got to see a lot of um, people had brought kids with them and stuff like that, and you know, some of them, it was their first ever miniature they were painting, which is amazing to see, but yeah, I, I don't know if I, I would have really wanted to sit down and 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 paint at, at, at the event, to be honest with you. Yeah. Not when there's so much, so many people to talk to and and so much stuff to see and stuff there. So. so I think uh, thumbs up all round. I mean, just uh, I managed to chat with um, Adam Troke. He was wandering through the studio and I just said to him like, how good Warhammer Fest had been. It was. We'd been chatting, you know, on 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 Skype, hadn't we, for a couple, you know, after the the streams each day, and this is by far the best Warhammer Fest I've done. Not just on like 
volume of how they've done it and where they've shown things that are further out than the three-month reveals and having, again, that kind of human in-person event. And I know a lot of people were disappointed they didn't get tickets. And honestly, I don't think it was scalpers or people were very excited to do that. Hopefully, if they do more of these, it gives people maybe an opportunity to use the other ones if they did miss out on this. Um, anyone else? I think we've covered all the awesomeness of Warhammer Fest there. I think we have. Um, I really enjoyed it. it. It was, like you said, Matt, it was the most amount of people I've seen in Warhammer World since 2019. Um, for a fiver, it was a great little event. Um, yeah, re- really enjoyed it. Can't wait to play some more Heresy. Yeah, I, I'd love to see them do events like this for 40k and Age Sigmar and you know, Middle Earth and all, all these sort of different games because the the amount of support that it got just for Horus Heresy you know, imagine if they had uh, an entire weekend of Age of Sigmar or 40k to the same level you know what? It, one further. it would have been amazing the, the, the League of Votan launch day event similar to that Dawnbringer Crusade, Corn. you can the event for that for, for big arms and people would get really excited about it Especially if you yeah. get early, uh, early model exactly, <laughs> like Commander yeah. which is, or equivalent. Which is something they haven't done for a long time. They used to do games day. I loved one of the perks. Yeah, they did. I, I've got fond memories of of going to events at Warhammer World and places and thinking, oh, I wonder if they'll have a pre-release model there. And the fact that we didn't know there was going to be you a know. pre-release, or you know, no one told us Commander was going to be there. We got there, and um, I think we were talking to Steve, uh, Steve Wren, and he mentioned, oh, have you seen Commander for sale? I thought, what? Oh, I need to go and sell Matt. <laughs> that was yeah. that, that's oh, so cool. I mean, that was just yeah, it was it was good. Yeah, it it was cool. I guess I guess one bit about that. It's a bit of a double-edged sword, isn't it? Because it is an expensive, it's £215. It's an you know, expensive model, and some people would maybe rather know a little bit in advance, but it is a nice mm, surprise yes. for the day. And it does make it special for the people who do manage to get it as well, because um, you yeah. know, I don't think it's available for a while. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be building and painting him over the coming months and hopefully have him good to go by the time he's actually out, so that'd be quite nice. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. So... <laughs> As you as you just heard in that in that rather extended section, there was a lot of really cool stuff that we all really enjoyed. However, we have got to narrow all those reveals down to our top three. That is up next, so we'll be right back. So now we go on to the the rather difficult task of picking our top three reveals from all of those tasty uh, new things that we've got coming in the next few months. Um, I have had a real good go at this. I'm afraid I'm going to cheat. Uh, and that's because I've got a two in top four. Uh, because <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't do a top three. I just couldn't do a top three. And the reason I had to do a top four is because I didn't want the Skaven to miss out. So, <laughs> for my top four, my fourth choice is the new Skaven uh, Battle Tome. It's a cheeky little add-on, but I couldn't not have Skaven in the in the top three. Um, I can't wait for the new book. I can't wait to see what they've done with the War Scrolls uh, and the battle traits. Um, I'm also, in particular, looking forward to the Path to Glory content. Mm. I know we really want to delve into that, so it should be really good to see what um, route they've taken with that. So a cheeky little mention there for the Skaven battle team. For the top three proper, and oh man, this is so hard. This is 
so hard. Um, it even changed as we recorded tonight's show. But, um, <laughs> but there you go. In third choice, I have gone for the unpronounceable Kado Xichara. Cool vampire. Cool vampire. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> um, I'm looking at the Curse City box, which I really need to build the content from. And I'm thinking, you'll have to lead some of them. Uh, quite simply put, might not be a full army, um, but I could definitely see a little Path to Glory um, vampire-led army at some stage. So he's my third choice, just a superb model. Reminds me of like a witch hunter that's just gone, you know, rogue. <laughs> Played. Um, my second choice, um, I was sent for the Horus Heresy box because... It just feels like it was leaked like forever ago. I decided, you know, okay, the battle box is amazing. There's no doubt about that. But let's pick something different. So, easy one, this one, the Kratos tank. I am 100% adding one of these to my Dark Angels because it is a superb looking tank. I love the shape of it. Um, I love all the different weapons on there. I have no idea what weapon I want to put on the turrets. So there's a choice of three. But yeah. Absolutely superb looking tank. Volkite, you think? I, I remember I asked the same question to the to, on the Twitter account what what weapon I should arm my dreadnought with, and uh, I can't remember who it was now, but they came back and said if there's a choice, it's Volkite. <laughs> <laughs> Ace. Um, and to finish off my top choice, th- this actually was also quite easy because I just absolutely fell in love with it. That is a Demon Prince. I just that model is just absolutely incredible. Um, can't wait to pick one up. Um, for my for well, I want one from a thousand sons for Death Guard and whatever the case. Armies is before that comes out, probably just so I can have a different demon prince. Um, so yeah, an absolutely incredible model. Uh, Andy, what's your top three? Um, so similar to you, my top three initially wasn't a top three; it was a top seven. Um, but I had to cut it down. <laughs> so um, my my third choice. Uh, I say third choice. This is in no particular order because I think <laughs> everything was just so amazing. Uh, but yeah, so my my third choice was uh, the uh, Black Library Vampire Lord. Um, set the exact same reasons you just said, Dave. It, I I look at it and it's got so much character to that model you know it looks like it's a fighter it looks like it's a wizard you know it could just be a random soldier that you you meet on the road or you bump into into a, in a tavern or whatever um but yeah looking at the, the vampire you know he's got the big great sword on his uh, on his back he's got a little dagger he's got you know a vial of blood just on the off chance that you're walking around and there's no living thing to feed on you know just on that off chance um, but yeah, looking at him, he, he looks like such a, a cool model to be leading like a path to glory vampire army. And yeah, I think when this model gets released, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely be adding to count, uh, adding him to court, uh, adding him into my army. There you go. Um, the, ne- the next thing I, I chose, and again, there was just so many models that I could have picked, um, is the Chaos Possessed. You know, I mean, these guys are, these guys feel like what possessed should be, and and you know, they they are chaos space marines who have fully given them over 
given themselves over to to demons and you know they they're, they're literally a weapon in of themselves you know they don't need bolt guns yeah all right some of them have got chainsaws and stuff like that but for the most part they don't need anything you know they are a weapon in of themselves and like i said i when i was picking um my top three choice you know it could have gone for a bloody kill team could have gone for cultists could have gone for the um Oh, the the Palooza sort of uh, chaos cultists for Dominion, not Dominion. But those guys, it, there's so many chaos squads that I could have gone for. You know, when the game Workshop really said that this year was going to be the the year of chaos, they weren't kidding. Um, but my first choice, again, not really my first choice because they're all amazing. Wasn't actually a model. Wasn't it was the fact. It was the fact that they've announced that World Eaters are coming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, you could have said you could have said the World Eater Chain Axe. They did show the render of that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, a, there's a there's a big two-handed chain axe that we yeah. showed off. That's my top choice. <laughs> but yeah, the fact that the fact that they showed these off. If these guys get the same level of treatment that Death Guard have got, oh my days! There's not enough gold, red, and blood for Blood God in this world that, that you know i will be stockpiling it now in, in in preparation i mean if they had literally just shown us one picture of a corn berserker model oh my days like it, if ever same a scale as... would have burst out of your body oh yeah literally yeah literally my, my school would be on this it's not far yeah. enough yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, to be fair it was really exciting to, to to find out world eaters are coming and also dawnbreaker crusades i think that's really exciting that two two yeah. like brand new ranges and factions and armies yeah yeah that, that's right. and and the fact they announced them on at warhammer fest as well like like matt was saying you know outside of that three month window that they normally restrict themselves to oh really really cool can't yeah. wait for the next warhammer fest Imagine what they're going to announce then. So, yeah, that that was my top choice, World Eaters. But like I said, I had about seven things that I could have said then. Yeah. uh, Jay's not had enough. He's already talking about the next Warhammer Fest. He wants more. (laughs) He wants more. Um, Go on then, Jay. Let's let's hear your top three. Um, Right. So, my top three. I had the same problem as you guys. This Warhammer Fest was was, uh, packed to the rafters with amazing reveals. Uh, so I'm just going to go straight in. Number three, the Dark Commune for the Chaos Space Marines. I really like these models. I actually think some of them would look great in Age of Sigma. You know, th- some of them yeah. seem like they would work in both systems. But I'm it's a big true, fan of the Goblet Palooza. I mean, you could do in any in any system. Necromunda, Age of Sigma, 40k, 30k. Yeah. Whatever. They just they just look ace. I keep looking at the models. I keep seeing different things. Like there's a bionic arm on on one of the guys holding the big two-handed sword. Um, which I hadn't noticed before. Um, I just think these are great. And like I say, I'm a big fan of the Palooza for the Gloom Spike Gits, and this gives me the same sort of feels as that. Um, I can't wait to see you guys paint these models up. Um, and I can't wait to see what they do in the game, because they just look like they're going to have such fun rules. You've got like the big Executioner Blades, the weird sort of um, Psyker-type thing, the Mouth of Sauron. Oh, man, yeah, really, really cool. These are my number three choice. My number two choice... Um, was the um, the Herskin, um What was the name of the uh, the leagues of Votan? Um, well, the, the bike uh, thing. Bike rider. Was it a uh, uh, Herskin pioneer? Oh man, this was so cool. Really like this. We've already talked about it, so I won't I won't repeat what we've already said. Can't wait to see. I can't wait to see this 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 model with the rest of its unit as well. Um, you like know, 
are the vehicles going to look like based on this is just the biker yeah very exciting very exciting and and again i'll just say one more time that color scheme the choice of colors they've used i really really like it um my number one choice though has to be the new silver neff models and, and i can't pick a favorite of them so so i'm going well uh, uh, the lady of vines i like but the uh, Gossamid Archers and the um, the um, the Spike Rider Lancers and Revenant Seekers are fantastic. I really, really like them. Uh, can't wait to grab these models and paint these models up. Can't wait to see what they can do in the new Battle Tome. Um, but, yeah, I just really, really like them. And it was just such a pleasant surprise to, to get them. I, I was really not expecting to see, you know, four new Silver Neff units, really. Yeah, it was it was a surprise to all of us. I wasn't expecting it. I was expecting that for the Skaven. Yeah, yeah, same here, Dave. I was. They were, they were, they were <clears throat> uh, trees instead. Damn those trees! Uh, that just leaves us with you, Matt. And what what was your top three? Well, like you guys said, this was super super hard. So I just followed my heart and wrote down like the three things that excited me the most. So number three is the Chaos Torments, the big horrific big mutant things just because they're so like alien and weird compared to what we this chaos space marine books a brand new unit always excites me and especially when they're properly like you say what? the thing the body horror which one's your favorite oh that's hard that's like trying to pick my favorite child isn't it <laughs> um all of them i love all of them equally and they've all got a place in my heart i like the one that's like throwing up a, a chaos purity seal <laughs> I, I i sense jay getting slowly drawn into chaos with these uh, no the, i'm just looking for the weak points that i can aim a storm bolters at from a gray knight so that's all but but i i do appreciate that they are fantastic looking models and it's really cool to see chaos get some love like this as well you know a lot of the we talked about this i think what well, did we talk about in the last podcast or maybe we talked about it privately that i find a lot of the chaos models whilst cool in sort of concept tend to come off a bit goofy like the old possess the old spawn these guys are, are really really cool so yeah yeah so i'm absolutely doing a, a mutant traitor based army oh actually i've got uh, matt what about what about the one where it's like a woman but the demon is sort of piercing out of its skin so like her leg is sort of hanging on by a bit bit of skin yeah. across the bigger demon leg wow yeah these models you need to look at them two or three times don't you to pick out all the detail Shouldn't stare into the warp jail or stare no. back at you. <laughs> um, yeah. This is what happens when you get a feel good. As a side note, I suspect the Gelapox infected, the big mutants and the little mutants on the same basis so you can mix and match. That's just a just theory, but if it is, that's brilliant. We've got that. Uh, my second choice are the Ogroid Theridons. Slap Centaurian, because I couldn't pick. Um Chaos is ace, and in the same way that the the, the mutant and trait uh, a lot of variety to the Chaos Space Marine range, this adds something really new and cool and thematic. Like we said, I mean, we won't repeat what we said earlier, but it's kind of a distinction to the Beastmen stuff in a different way. It just looks really, really cool. I'll be buying a load of these. If I can make them battle line somehow, um, yeah, that's, that's an army sorted for December, I think. Um, and number one, tongue in she can to fluff around it and that is whippy sticks now <laughs> that's kind of my joke answer to just i don't know about you guys but there's a very big feeling of nostalgia with this box seeing scatter dice in there seeing those whippy 
statistics, even reference sheets. What we saw templates. this weekend, templates, yeah. What we saw this weekend, looking at this box and all this thin there, made me feel like how I felt when it was, I don't know, 10 or 11, looking at the um, Warhammer 40,000 second edition starter box and seeing this big box full of miniatures and all the the potential that's with it for hop within it for hobby, which is a really cheesy, corny answer. But honestly, I do think this is nostalgia in a box, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I've, I've gone for the soppy cheesy answer for my number one choice. Couldn't agree more. Great, great top three. Uh, yeah, it was a difficult one, guys, but we we made it through. We we, we managed to to narrow it down, sort of. Andy nearly picked seven. Matt did pick <laughs> about eight, um, in a roundabout way. But uh, we'll let him off for that. It was a difficult one. So that just leaves the community top three picks. I'm sure you guys. Uh, and girls had a, a really difficult time of it as well. It's time to read out your choices, so we'll be right back with the final segment of this week's podcast. It's been a bit of a bumper podcast this week, uh, but we're not quite finished because we do have one final segment to go. It's a community top three picks, so it's going to be interesting to see what you folks have picked as your favourite reveals. I'm going to start... Over on Facebook with Nick Rapson, he has started his comment with really difficult to pin these three down, but I'll give it a go. His third choice is the Horns of Hashet. Uh, they're the new Warcry guys. He's um, stuck with small squads with his second choice because he's gone for the Squat Prospectors. And then for his top choice, he's gone for the Kratos Tank from the Horus Heresy. He has put an honourable mention, uh, the new kill team for Primaris Phobos Marines. They would have been higher at my list if it were not for the fact he had just bought a box of infiltrators for a kill team tournament. That is unfortunate timing for sure. Uh, Kyle has gone for um, the Dragonfly Riding Spirit Elves, the thing I never knew I needed in my life. His second choice was the Sounds of Torment from my wallet at the Horus Heresy Goodness. I think he's, he's he's just gone for everything there. The box, the tank, everything. Uh, and for his top choice, he's gone for the Demon Prince. Can't wait to convert one up for my Death Guard. I almost don't want to replace one for the Death Guard because I'm really like proud of him. But yeah. he, might, he might have to get replaced though. He also has an honourable mention. He has uh, given that to the um, news about the World Eaters getting their own codex. Um, he missed out on the Chaos Knight army box, so he feels that this is big enough for it. And finally on Facebook, Simon Nichols. He's just simply put for third, second and first Horus Heresy. So I think Simon's very excited for the Horus Heresy. Matt, what do we have over on Twitter? So we've got some uh, some cool ones over on Twitter. Average Paint says, uh, number three, the, the Demos Rhino. The potential we didn't even mention, obviously we didn't see Predator, but leaves the door open for a new Predator kit. Uh, all the chaos, but if I had to pick one, it's the Possessed. And number one, the Heresy box. I know we'd already seen it, but specifically knowing that it's sub £200 and not limited release. Yeah, I think that's the most exciting takeaway on that box, which really kind of made it made the day for us. Uh, Anonymous Rex says, more Ogroids on us, Lumineth Spite Riders and the new Demon Prince for Warhammer 40k. Uh, Claude Savage Lee, the new Kratos Tank. The expanded size boxes for Astartes troops. One, that kit such as special and heavy weapons can new boxes with a selection and enough for a squad. And enough for a full squad of 10 as well. It's really good. Uh, the Rising Ape says uh, the Centurion Marshal. 
the Death Master, and the potential for future Skaven, and the Lady of Vines, all in New Sylvanus, really. Honourable mention to the mortals in the realms. Uh, Hobby Grot, the, the Kill Team Traitor Guard, the Ogroids, whole faction of these, not an actual release, but the promise of what's to come for the cities of Sigmar revamp. Uh, Lost in the Mortal Realms said, I thought it was a great week of reveals. My number three is the new Sylvaneth Dragon Spy Cavalry. Number two, the massive projecting the cities of Sigmar and Dawnbringer Crusade. I'm very excited to see this come alive. Uh, and number one is the Heresy box set, Unreal. Her says the new Warcry edition, the AOS Black. Black Library duo, they collect Caradrons and Soul Blight, so well up for that. And then the Age of Darkness wasn't even interested in Heresy, but the box and reveal show was Chef's Kiss. Wargamer's Retreat says squats possessed and world eaters, even if there are no models shown. Uh, Mark Dewhurst, the Horns of Hushut, Warcry Warband, the Demos Pattern Rhino for Nostalgia, and all the Chaos Space Marines possessed Demon Prince cultists. Yep. Jim Jack says the Ogroids with sword and board, they look brutal. The Horus Heresy special in heavy weapon boxes looks brilliant to split with someone. Great approach. The Heresy box with whippy sticks at sub and non-limited release. Yeah, I think a lot of people love that. Uh, Starship Tea Cake says Lady of Vines, Squat Prospectors and the Kratos Tank. And uh, Battle Sister Alicia says one, two and th- three wicks. And then she comes back with a serious answer of there. Uh, Leagues of Votan Trikes, Leagues of Votan Ladies, and the new Sylvaneth. Hmm. Excellent. Some great choices there. Um, I mean, yeah, it was just so difficult to pick just three. Uh, but we've all done a good job there. Uh, that is going to lead me to ask you, Matt, what will be next week's top three? <laughs> well, it's going to be another difficult one, guys. I want to know what three... Horus Heresy models slash kits you would like to see in plastic. Excellent. So you can get your choices in early via our social media channels. Um, alternatively, we will be putting a tweet and a Facebook message out a couple of days before recording asking for your top threes. You can just simply pop a comment on there uh, and we'll read out as many as we can on the next show. Abandoned well. plastic, so it'd be cheaper, and I can chop him up and put him on the basis uh, sanguineous. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, as always, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure recording this podcast with you. Um, it's been a great show. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm really fired up to do some hobby, uh, oh, following all too. that chat about all the new stuff that's coming. So, until next week's episode, have a great time hobbying, and we'll speak to you all again very soon. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the Spruce and Brews podcast. For more content, remember to check out spruceandbrews.com and if you'd like to get in touch with us, send us a tweet at spruceandbrews or head over to facebook.com forward slash spruceandbrews. <laughs>